On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt returns from Tatooine and is not dead yet, so he and Nick will catch up on the past few weeks of their Star Wars lives before getting into some juicy topics. These include John Boyega's insightful GQ article, The Mandalorian Season 2's release date, and a new batch of Mando S2 set picks complete with insights from the cast and crew. They'll then dive into this week's fan segment to catch everyone up on the BattleBots tournament before revealing a few answers to this this week's question of the week on what Star Wars era fans would want to live in. And of course, they'll wrap with the infamous top five plus one Star Wars fan artist features of the week. Cue the music. everybody welcome back to a brand new episode of what is it it is the star wars time show and look who is back yes i have decided to grace you all and nick with my presence yet again face is a little hairier neck has a few more tumors in it but i'm back and i'm ready to rock and fucking roll right buddy we're here Nick Nick kind of held the show down for us last week by himself. It was a good little hour-plus-long episode. Uh, check it out. I listened to it myself as I mixed it for him at the beach last week. <laughs> See, I am, I am a dedicated, dedicated Star Wars Time Show host. Even though I didn't do the show with Nick, I, I still had a hand in getting it out there. But really, the content was all his. So give uh, 126 a listen to support our fine, young co-pilot over there. Oh, yeah. Doesn't have as much hair as Chewbacca, but he's just as warm and cuddly. All the skills as well. If you put me behind <laughs> the, the sticks of the Falcon, I can fly it for you. So Speaking of Chewbacca, <laughs> we, we, I, I, there was probably the greatest Chewbacca baby cry at this beach I was at this past week, Nick. So as we always mm-hmm. do, let's kind of, you know, let's let's catch up on things i haven't i haven't seen you or really talked to you in about two weeks same with our uh fando slash asshole fans in here that join us for the live stream if you want to get in on the live stream fun we do it most tuesdays uh anywhere between two and and three o'clock eastern time we don't really have a scheduled time like you would get with an actual good podcast but (laughs) hey yeah the the Uh, schedule may change too as i mentioned last week i had my final round interview for a job and if i end up getting that job then tuesdays in the middle of the day are probably not going to be a go for podcast yeah which is i don't know that'll be a bit of a bummer we might have to bump it to the evenings but hey we'll 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 keep doing it because it, it seems to be what the at least the hardcore swts fans like they like the live stream they like to interact with our dumb asses and their own dumb asses yeah. it's like a big meeting of dumb ass uh, but anyways, I was talking about last week, right? So, you know, I went to this beach I've been going to ever since I was a little kid. My parents took me there. I am now taking my kid there. It's one of those types of things. And and by the end of last week, Nick, Heather and I were working with our uh, finance guy, mortgage guy. He's my uncle. Uh, <laughs> to figure out if there was any sort of viability into us ever living at the beach okay. in terms of, of buying property uh, a block or two you know off off the actual coast 
this type of uh, thing, maybe renting it for a good part of the year to cover some of the mortgage. Vacation, but I, I just love it there. Home, yeah, I, I, exactly. I mean, I just I love Rehoboth Beach. But when I was there, I was talking about uh, Chewbacca and this that and the other thing. This little baby man. I mean, she, her cry was one hundred percent Wookie because <laughs> uh, she was there all week. I mean, you, you kind of at places like this, you run into the same people all week long because everyone's renting the place. They all kind of end up on the same spots on the beach. So. Uh, we had the pleasure of hearing her all week, but I mean, her cry was just like, she was, she had that like deep kind of little roll every time. It was hilarious. It was like, wow. I mean, she was a tiny one too. So this <laughs> wasn't something she was just, uh, you know, she figured out how to twirl her tongue. I mean, this was still that involuntary, involuntary type of, uh, baby muscle movement. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> that was interesting, but uh, I mean, overall, Getting away, and I'm someone that, you know, takes the, the, the lockdown seriously, or I did at least until a week and a half ago. Uh, for five plus months, I'd only left my place twice uh, to go to Giant Eagle. And the only reason I left a second time is because it was for my wife's birthday. And I really couldn't send her out to get her own cake, <laughs> even though I tried. I did try. I did ask. So, you know, we, we leave for the East Coast. I didn't want to go to the South beaches these years. I mean, I have timeshares down in Hilton Head, but uh, I just, I don't trust the South. I don't trust the, the thinking in the South. Uh, so we went and we headed out East to Rehoboth, which is in Delaware, as well as Ocean City, Maryland. And we started in Ocean City, Maryland, Nick. And uh, when we first got there, I was like, okay, we can maintain the bubble. We got a hotel. Let's go on the boardwalk. It's mandatory face masks, this, that, and the other thing. It's outside. It's spaced out. Within three fucking minutes, I'm like, we're all going to die. <laughs> like, I, Our decision to leave and, and go to the beach is going to kill us because of everything you hear. Like, If you're someone like me that literally for five months you just sat around, you didn't really go out and venture to see shit. No, I'm not some fucking weirdo. I just, whatever. I like my house. I didn't really have the need to leave. So it is what it is. You know, Nick, he's talking about flying on planes, traveling. He's been all over the place. <laughs> this was my first venture out into public as if we still live in a normal United States of America. So it's the first time I really got to see just how fucking shitty people are. Uh, the compliance for masks at Ocean City was a fucking joke. The enforcement was a bigger joke. I mean, I was just seeing cops standing there with masks to hand out to people to pussy to go up and give it to people not wearing not wearing masks. It's just like, what the fuck? Uh, we also learned when we got there, Nick, that we decided to show up in Ocean City for Jeep Week. Oh god, what is this? Is it okay. just like people who own Jeeps that show y up? Your reaction was was exactly <laughs> what I was looking for. I mean, uh, some people listening here, you're you're from overseas, you don't quite get it, but over here in America, anytime you have a week preceded by a vehicle. It's typically a, going to be a large gathering of rural type of thinking. You know, uh, those over in the UK, how you all think we talk like, how you doing, y'all? Like, that's what a Jeep week typically brings. <laughs> uh, I don't want to blanket, just kind of lay down how most of these people think. But a lot of people that would go to a Jeep week probably also don't believe in science, this, that and the other thing. So you kind of get why I felt like we were instantly dead. When we showed up at Ocean City. Yeah. I mean, Nick, 
people eating at restaurants like it's fucking ni- 2019, people drinking at bars like it's 2019, and I'm sitting here with my family essentially saying, hey, let's try to die. <laughs> I don't. Let's th- try like, to I, die. I'm surprised that they had bars open. I know that like some states have allowed just straight bars to open, but a lot of like even Texas has like some sort of stipulation in where you have to be considered a restaurant to be able to open. Uh, nah, man. I mean, if there was a potential to get seats somewhere near a window or you could say it was somewhat open air. Yeah. Everything was open. I'm telling you right now, both locations we went to, you would have no idea there was a pandemic outside of a bunch of people wearing masks and, and signs everywhere and hand sanitizer everywhere. Yeah. Everything's open. Everything's fucking open. And more power to those of you that want to go eat in restaurants, this, that, and the other thing. But I, I mean, I felt like just even being outside spread out with a mask on was risky at these places just because of the, uh, especially Ocean City, the, the density of human fuckwads. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a weird, yeah. I mean, some it, states, it's, fu- it, it's just, like, it's odd, man. It, it was odd. It, it was odd for me. In America, I know that a lot of people overseas and then some people who live here have said it. It's like in America, when we decide that we are bored of something, it just doesn't exist anymore. And I think yeah. that's what we've come to in a lot of states and in a hundred percent. I mean, it, it's, it's what over six mil now it's so pervasive in our society. It's like the common cold now. I really don't think there's going to be a way to ever eradicate it here. Like some uh, some countries haven't fully gotten rid of it, but they've at least lowered it to the point where you don't feel like if you go to a beach spread out, you're going to catch it. And that's just where we are. So that was Ocean City. Then we, we ended up at Rehoboth, Delaware, which is, you know, it's in Delaware, a little bit more of a blue state. Uh, big, big gay community. So that, that was uplifting to me, uh, just cause I knew they were probably thinking the right way and the way the compliance was much better, but still lots of open restaurants, lots of people eating in restaurants. And the Friday before we left, you know, leading into Labor Day, you could see the masses of people coming in for the holiday weekend. And I was like, you know, I, I wanted to stay an extra day, but let's get the fuck out of here. Because yeah. Friday on the beach, it was hard to clear, you know, 10 to 15 feet of space in between you and, and other beach goers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I forgot completely that it was uh, Labor Day weekend until like Tuesday or Wednesday of this week. So I like in my head, I was just like, oh, it's just another it's another week. Just, you know, moving through. The <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's kind of how everything is, especially for you. you. I know you have you've been doing some contract work, yeah. so you haven't really been in that that rhythm of a of a work cycle. And really me, frankly, I've been off for the past fucking month. Uh, so I was kind of living your life, too. And it, it did not feel like a, a holiday weekend. But uh, in summary, here's the deal. If I die next week, it may have been worth it because I, I, mean, I love going to the beach. Me and the little kid, the wife, we had a good time. You know, I, I'm someone that goes to the beach. And as I was talking with Nick before we went live, I, I typically have the beer, beer flowing by noon, sitting out there under a, an umbrella and just enjoying the sounds of the waves crashing and maybe looking at uh, some ladies in bikinis and stuff <laughs> like that. You never know where the eye is going to meander Wanders, when, yeah. when you're at the beach, but uh, some good nights on the arcade, uh, massive ticket winning for the little kid. I won another version of the the child, which apparently is <laughs> the Costco exclusive because it had those. Uh, it came with his shift knob, his his suit bowl and the frog, which the uh, standard one did not. There so you go. 
that was neat. Uh, I came home to an insane amount of shit that I bought. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was just like Christmas. You just showed up. Like, oh, I'm talking like, and I hate saying this because I mean, I'm a dickwad. Like my kid's not going to be able to have a good older life like she's not gonna have any retirement money from her dad (laughs) or college money because of what i do with these fucking toys but i came home to almost a thousand dollars worth of shit dude that is like christmas holy fuck fucking nuts man i mean a lot of it was pre-orders from months ago i mean some of the phoenix squadron came in uh and i definitely wasted money on that they don't look nearly enough different from the original phoenix squadron uh, to warrant buying doubles, so I'll probably be giving a lot of those to my nephews. Maybe we'll give some away to these assholes that listen to us. You never we know. Go. We could put the Star Wars shop to use. <laughs> there you go. We could put the <laughs> right. Star hey, Wars we did. Time show shop to use. Speaking of that, we did. We did sell two hats while I was gone. Okay. We, uh, Wild Wing snagged one. Patrick hey. that just went out today, and our buddy uh, the Comment King action figure noob snagged one too there we go so there's nine hats left in the shops yeah so uh the few few hats 20 and we've had those up for almost a fucking month now Uh, and who who could have guessed who could have guessed and that's fine i know how it is uh the hats to australia have literally been trapped at the chicago airport Uh, greg greg gave me an update today it it took he showed me it took a week to move from one end of the Chicago airport to the other. Dude, it's... Uh, so USPS for the win. Yeah, USPS now in the midst of what's going on, plus, <laughs> you know, I'm sure international shipping... Oh, yeah, yeah, weird. with COVID, everything, yeah. it's, it's going to be way slow, but I, I think Greg and, and the buddies down under will be lucky to get the hats by Christmas. Yeah, those would be nice Christmas presents for you guys. So <laughs> and and by then, up. they'll show up like an Ace Ventura delivered package. Yeah, like, just, I just have a feeling they're going to be smashed the bits, but... I did my part, Greg. I got them out there. I think there's some sort of insurance. So hopefully they get out of Chicago uh, within the next month. Yeah. Uh, uh, Okay, Nick. So here's some of the shit that I came back to. Uh, Most of it's Star Wars, but I'll lead with a a non-Star Wars. The Lego NES Okay. Okay. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's essentially the NES with a controller and an old school tube TV, you build it out of Legos. That's pretty fucking sick. Uh, yeah, it was an exclusive. I back ordered it, you know, months ago when it came out and it finally showed up. So that was like, what? And that was a, a, a big buy. Nice. Uh, another thing that happened last week, uh, I was getting a little, I, I don't even say I was boozy. Uh, I might have been woozy, but uh, I, I had some issues on Sideshow with not being able to not buy stuff. <laughs> Uh, you know, so I went out there. I'm like, I got to get the Ahsoka. <clears throat> got her. Got to get the 501. Got her. Yep. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck. Mando's almost back. And uh, I've been looking at the heavy, heavy Mandalorian and haven't pulled the trigger yet. But you know what, man? He, he just, he looks so damn good. And I, I've been seeing some people overseas that are, are getting the one six scale, just standard Mandalorian. He looks fantastic. I was like, I, I got to get it. So pre-ordered the heavy Mando. Then I'm like, you know what? I don't have any 1-6 scale stormtroopers yet, and I've been seeing some pretty cool <laughs> shots from Capes and Rifles and Classy Mojo of the, of the remnant stormtrooper from Mandalorian. So you know what? Oh, man. He's available now. I'll just fucking buy him straight up. You, so You went on here a 1-6 he tear. Holy yeah, shit. That was here an he expensive is. If, if you're on the live too. stream, you can see him. I mean, it, it is a beautiful 1-6 one, one scale stormtrooper with the remnant schmutz all over his armor. So... <laughs> He was here waiting for me. 
we also had our princess and queen okay. waiting for me. The Return of the Jedi 1-6 scale Princess Leia with the little furry guy. There he is. Wicket. Again, if you're on the live stream, you can see my little show and tell right now. But if that wasn't enough, if that was not enough, I got my Zeb. I got the old Chrome Stormtrooper Black Series. There he is, nice and shiny. Some say it could be Captain Phasma in her younger days. Um, I think that's about it. So a lot of Hot Toys stuff. The Legos. Uh, but more importantly, back to the Hot Toys, Nick. And I've reached out to one six shooter and some other people to kind of kick me over this ledge. <laughs> Trevor's never going to pull you back on the other side no, of the ledge. Uh, no. He's going to throw your ass off and watch you fall. Right. But <laughs> as as high end and nut job toy collectors like some of us are, you need friends like that that are going to be the other voice on your shoulder, the other devil saying, yeah, man, do it. Yeah. Do it. Spend spend 200, 400, 500. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? It's not my money. So I, I love when guys do that stuff. Uh, so here's here's kind of what I, I was throwing out there to these guys. I'm like, at this point in time, I have every Mandalorian 1-6 pre-ordered. Din, I'm talking about. I, I've got as many child 1-6 six as, as a person could need. I got the Scout, tro- scout Trooper on the speeder bike. Yep. I got the Death Trooper Mando. Mm-hmm. All right? So now I pre-ordered the Heavy. I bought the Remnant straight up. He's here. <laughs> so Nick, I'm sitting here going, you know what? I like having full waves. I like having full waves. And the only two left in this fucking one six scale, the Mandalorian collection that I do not have yet, either on pre-order or in my possession, is the Incinerator Trooper. That one does. In IG-11. I mean, those are, I mean, those are probably, without seeing them, I know, like, I know what the Incinerator Trooper looks like. And in my opinion, that was one of the coolest ones of that run. Oh, he looks and, great. And IG-11, man, like, yeah, how do you have everything else and then not have IG-11? I feel okay, like that's so a necessity. There you go. You're not even a collector, <laughs> and you're starting to understand the disease we have to live with. That's a, You're exactly right. You are exactly right. What you said on IG-11 is, is what's playing through my brain, even as we talk about it now, and I'll probably go pre-order the motherfucker <laughs> when we're done, if not while we're still on the show. Because, like you said... How could you have the whole fucking cast and not IG-11? Yeah. I mean, at first I was like, I don't need the bad guys. I just need the good guys. And then I started seeing some. I'm like, oh, fuck it. And we got people in here now. You know, Joe Klondike, just get them all. He's right. Collect them all. (laughs) Uh, Our boy 1-6, who I'm talking about, he's in here like, do it, do it. Can't take it with you. Fuck it. You know, spend spend your money on toys or die. (laughs) Uh, And they're right. But I mean, you got to get IG-11, right? At this point. I mean, I've got the the 1-6 scale baby. He's going to have the little sack. I think that comes with the speeder bike set. Uh, it, It just has to happen. So the real question, Nick, is do I just f- fuck it all and also throw in the incinerator trooper and just complete it? I would just, yeah, just go the whole distance, do the whole shebang <sighs> and then take the, you know, once you get them all, once you get that, <sighs> I'm getting sweaty just way, thinking about you know, it. It's, it's more fun for you. You're building <sighs> up the Star Wars time show museum. You have to remember that. With <laughs> every- cocksucker. More fun for me. Yeah. These things are only fun when I buy them and take them out of the box. After that, they become stress. It is a hate because fest. It, 
Yeah, all I do, I look at him like, okay, Leia and, and Wicket, I need to shoot you guys at some point. Okay, Remnant, I need to shoot you guys at some point. Oh, and by the way, I'm also going to have to put you away in my shelves, and my shelves are filling up. Now I'm going to have to buy more shelves, and there we go. We get into the never-ending loop of a collection addiction. Okay. I mean, I feel like you're you're already years into that addiction. So what's the point in stopping now, right? One more exactly, hit, but one more uh, one more bump. <laughs> you get, you know you get just sometimes we have to lament the disease <laughs> yeah. as much as we love it. Sometimes we have to bitch about it. Uh, maybe it's it's like some self help tactics here. I'm just trying to make myself feel better with other people, basically saying. Uh, yeah, go ahead, spend all your money because yeah. it's not theirs, and, and I get it. I would do the same thing for the rest of you. <laughs> uh, I, I would, I would think about doing it live, but I don't want people to see credentials and this, that, and the other yeah, thing. Yeah, see all of your, your how much other stuff I have pre-ordered because I'm a dickhead. Yeah, I think even Klondike said he's like, dude, my wife would divorce me if I bought as much shit as you did. And <laughs> I mean, so, but you gotta, you gotta understand. This is this is Matt's one like passion in life i mean i feel like at some point you kind of made the trade because at one point you're like your money sink was games it was video games and then now like both of us have kind of shifted away from games and now you've shifted from games to collectibles and I've shifted from games to nothing. <laughs> well, well you're, yeah, you're smart. You might actually have some fucking money when you get older and you'll be able to retire before you're 65 yeah. or 70. But uh, that, that's not the case for me. And, and this is the worst it's ever been. Uh, once you graduate to the, the, the big boy, big girl stuff and the one six scale, it's over, man. Because yeah. y- your bills, uh, they increase by, uh, uh, you know, a factor of 10. You know, you go from buying $20 figures on a whim to $200 figures on a whim. Yeah. And 200 is low. I mean, there's, there's not many one six scale $200 figures unless it's like a, a fucking old man Yoda. Do you think that that Hasbro will ever do a one six line that's more affordable? Like instead of just doing the one twelve scale black series line and then the no, three seven five. No, I mean, I think that's what they're, they've tried to do with the hyper reel, which isn't one six, but it's also not the, the one twelve. Yeah. It's like, and just based on the initial reaction to those figures, I, I don't know if they'll continue it. I mean, there's really been no other news outside of the Vader and the Luke. Yeah. Uh, the Vader's great, but, uh, the hands fucking suck. The arm joints can pop out his whole suits rubber. So I'd imagine <laughs> in 20 years, it's going to be eroded and destroyed. And then Luke is is completely rubber. There's not one bit of cloth on that guy. Yeah. Uh, and depending on how you look at him with light, the the, the face looks a little uh, it can cracked look a little out. weird. Yeah. It can it's like a little elongated down in. Oh, look at look at these cocksuckers. A one one scale Vader next, Matt. Right, oh okay. yeah. <laughs> Matt can stand next to a one one scale Vader, and you, it almost. Takes I, I, two I would of look Matt like his kid. I, yeah, I, I would look like a youngling. Uh, we could reenact <laughs> the, the the death of the younglings, yeah. uh, but with Vader instead of they had uh, non mass Vader. They had a one one scale Vader at Celebration for sale. I can't remember. It was like six thousand uh, dollars. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're they're cheap. They're like five five grand something. Yeah, like that. So, somewhere around there. So. But yeah, man, I mean, that, that's, I, that's I, a pretty the, the solid one-to-one stuff. stuff, do you like, would you want one-to-one? Dude, I would need a Is that more up your alley? Like, if you get, like, a full suit of Stormtrooper armor, like, screen-worn? The only, I mean, I think that would be really cool. My only problem right now is, like, even though 
we're in a brand new house. I don't really have a lot of space to put it. Like you can, you guys can see behind me that this room, this is a, a 10 by 11 room. That is my office slash game room. So I have a 55 inch TV behind me with all of my, my video game stuff. I have my desk right here against the other wall against the, the, the wall over to my right, which you can't see is a window. And then like a small bookshelf where I keep a lot of my star Wars collectibles that I do have. So like my, my uh, R2 unit that I built when I was in Galaxy's Edges up there, and then a lot of my Star Wars books from the old EU. The only spot that I have is right next to my desk. I could pro- I can fit like a one-one scale something there, but then I'm <laughs> out of room completely. Then I'm well. That'd I'm be that'd out. be your home security. Just have like Vader's crotch hanging out your window, so when people <laughs> walk by, they're like, "Oh, we're not gonna fuck with this yeah, guy." Like he's, he's, Darth Vader either either lives there or whoever lives there is fucking crazy. It's really so. fucking nuts. Yeah. So. Um, that I, I would definitely get down. Cause I think we've talked about this before in terms of my collecting habits and I'll transition this really quickly into a story about my past week. That was not good, but my collecting habits more sit in like the, you know, the props, the set used types of things. And, you know, I've always talked about like, maybe I'll start getting the helmets. Like maybe I'll get like the Boba helmet and then the phase one clone helmet and stuff like that. That'll be like my collecting arm. Um, I already have a couple of lightsabers, a few lightsabers, one that's the Galaxy's Edge custom build, one that is the Kylo Ren Disney Park saber. I have a a completely custom build that came from a, a fabricator, Saber Forge, and I was supposed to, so this this is where we get into my weekly update, I was supposed to get the uh the black series darth revan saber that i pre-ordered on day fucking one on amazon day one pre-order back in february when it was first announced (laughs) this is the best and here's the thing is like last week in my my update my weekly update i was like i got amazon to update my i know i heard that that's (laughs) why when you told me what happened i'm like oh well there's nick nick luck 2020 yeah exactly this is literally (laughs) like my this is my entire year so far so i get them to update the address the the dude on customer support was great he was like yeah no problem we'll update the address everything's gonna be fine here you go (laughs) updated it done I was like, all right, awesome. I feel good because now this $225 Sabre that I pre-ordered is going to show up to my house instead of somewhere else that I don't live anymore. So uh, the the week ticks along. And before they updated my address, it had like a delivery estimate of September 8th, September 9th. So it should have been here like today. Um, But then like uh, over the weekend... I noticed, I was like, oh, you know, the the order on Amazon doesn't actually have like the estimated delivery time anymore. It just says, we'll email you with a with a delivery estimate. I was like, okay, well, no big deal. Maybe they, you know, maybe, you know, because they changed the address, it just, you know, have to update something in their system. So it gets along to Monday, yesterday. There was still no email. <laughs> there was still nothing about delivery updates. So I reached out to Amazon support again. I said, hey, can anyone know, guess where this is going? It's not a good <laughs> place. It was like, hey, I pre-ordered this back in in, uh, in February. And, you know, I had you guys update my delivery address for me, uh, you know, less than a week ago. And it's not showing me an de- estimated delivery time. Can you tell me when it might arrive? <laughs> so the guy looks into it and he's like, oh, um, it looks like uh, we are sold out of those. And, you know, these are no longer available through Amazon. And at first I was like, I was confused. I was like, what do you mean? 
you're sold out. Like I pre-ordered this seven months ago. I pre-ordered this yeah. in, in February. Isn't that the point of a yeah, pre-order is to reserve inventory? I, of a whole, like, I was like, <laughs> are you sure? Like, I've had this pre-order in uh, since, September, since February, like, 25th when it was announced. And he's like, yeah, I'm not sure what happened, but we're completely out of stock. <laughs> Yours did not ship, and it's not going to ship because this is uh, no longer sold by Amazon. And I was like, what the fuck happened? Like, yeah, the best part is that you literally just, you know, you, you talked to a guy a week ago and everything was on the up and up, yeah. hunky dory, let's go. Yeah, this dude was like, yeah, no problem, we'll change, is your address associated with your Amazon account? <laughs> yep, it sure is, great, here you go, you're ready to go. Yep, address changed, but by the way, uh, you're not getting yeah, it. Yeah, we've also just canceled, so like, that was a huge, I was like, what the, f-? like, what is the point of a pre-order? Like you said, Matt, if, yeah, if it comes to the time where it's supposed to be delivered and they're like, oh, we're sold out. It's like, you're not fucking sold out because I pre-ordered this almost eight months ago. It's honestly, man, <laughs> I, I do not trust Amazon on a lot of my Star Wars pre-order, pre-order stuff. Yeah, I can see uh, why. Because now. of shit like that. Like they're, they're fucked up. Like I, I, I've uh. never had a pre-order canceled outside of when I try to order from uh, Japanese places, which I get because sometimes they're like, hey, fuck it. We just didn't get the inventory. You're from overseas, eat shit. But yeah, I mean, you got straight butt plugged by Amazon. Yeah. I mean, that, that's just like, hey, yeah, yeah. A- address checks out. Shit'll be there next week, pal. See ya. Yeah, and then leave a rating, dude. Right? I, I was rate, rate your support. I mean, like, <laughs> part of me was like really right. fucking pissed because I was actually excited about the saber. Like, it is, you know, it's one of these legacy. Yeah, it's sabers the only. It's the only toy you've been like talking about on the show to actually share with people. I yeah. mean, even in the chat, they're like, "Oh, is Nick? Did Nick finally get his lightsaber?" And then it goes do do do. Yeah. But uh, so in, uh. <laughs> then the other part of me is like, well, you know, you haven't locked down this job yet. It's a two hundred and twenty five dollars yeah. saber. Right. So maybe it's better that you save that money for a bit and then get it on the back half. Or well, like, you know what? You, you could take that two twenty five now and plunk it down on a one six scale Mandalorian and just owe like 40 bucks. So <laughs> I could do that, too. But I don't know, man. I, so I think that, you know. I'm I'm definitely pissed because it was the one piece of Star Wars merchandise that I had actually pre-ordered and I was really excited about. And then Amazon fucks me on it. So um, who knows? Maybe I'll get it later. If I do get it, then, of course, I will show it to you guys. But by that time, it'll probably be old news and, you know, other people. Well, will you have know what it. you need to do now. You just need to wait for the uh, Palpy Blade yeah. to go up for pre-order and then snag that one. Yeah, so. the, the Palpatine might be the just got to shift gears a little bit and get the old <laughs> Palpo dildo lightsaber hilt. Exactly. Who knows? You could use it for multiple purposes. But uh, yeah, so that was one thing. The other the only two other things that were relatively interesting for me over the week was I actually I got in Thrawn uh, Ascendancy Chaos Rising, so I started. You started, reading that. or you just look at the cover? No, I started reading it. I started reading it. What's What's interesting about the book is is that if you, I mean, like I'm sure that most people know what a fucking book looks like, but the pages are all bordered in blue. <laughs> I I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, our, our fans are degenerate That's as true. fuck, so they may not know what a book looks uh, like. And they they've subs- they've subscribed to our words and shit monikers <laughs> and real ass paint. So I mean, they, yeah, they, I think their IQ's down there with us. The the level of discourse, or at least me, when it comes to yeah. to real words and shit, is very <laughs> low. But it's cool because all the pages are bordered in blue, 
um, which is ah, something I nice. typically don't see in a novel. Like usually, either like even in hardbacks, you just have pretty standard pages. But like, there's some pretty cool design in the borders as well. So uh, just giving more, you know, more of a Thrawn feel to it, giving more of a, a Chiss feel to the book because you are dealing with primarily Chiss in this in this book now because yeah. you're not. He's he's still with the Ascendancy. He's way younger. Um, so I got that, been reading it. All right, oh, well, now that I'm cool. back, you have homework. You need to be done with it by next Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> and do an entire YouTube breakdown for it. We, we will you. see if that's possible, but it's it's good <laughs> so far. I'm like, I'm two chapters in, so I'm not very far in. Hey, trust me, <laughs> he ain't going to be reading his words and shit because he told me before we went live that he finally fired up Ghost of Shima. Yeah. And just like me, he's realized the... Uh, the magic of that game exactly. and, and the allure of it just being hard to put the controller down, fucking around, just random exploration missions, fetch quests, doesn't matter. That game mm-hmm. is life at this point. Oh, yeah. And That's, I'm not going to give you a full breakdown, but I will, yeah. I will mimic what Matt has been saying for weeks. I mean, it's, it's a great game. I've probably put at least 10 to 12 hours into it in a week. I mean, that's me like who barely plays games on my console right. anymore. Like that, that's, it's taken up a majority of my nighttime gaming. Like, for example, last night I was, uh, like I played it for a little bit. I played it for like two hours and then I put it down and then I looked at my, my, uh, my phone. I was like, oh, it's still a little early. So I'll, I'll play for like another 20 minutes and I'll go I'll to sleep. See ya. And then it was an hour and a half later. And I was like, oh, it's yeah, later. Yeah, I mean, you probably <laughs> ran it. Some more Fox Dens popped oh, up yeah, or, a, or a prayer or, place or a spa to go get naked in and check out Lord yeah, Sakai's just, asshole. Just a lot of those little little things. But I mean, the game <laughs> itself question is, mark is to investigate. Yeah. Now, does it not feel like you're, you're controlling a Jedi, albeit he is a, a samurai, right? It I mean, does, dude. Like the sword play in that game. And the yes. fluidity with which yes. you can change forms is yes. like that is what I want to see out of a Star Wars game in the future. I mean, I know that we're probably not going to get that with Fallen Order 2 or whatever the the follow up to Jedi Fallen Order is going to be. But that type of fluidity of combat, that <laughs> style of, of exploration is what I'm looking for, especially right. like, you know, that type of game would be perfect for the fallen order timeline, like the post order 66 timeline, because essentially what you're doing in Tsushima is you are one of the last surviving samurai after the Mongol invasion of Tsushima Island. So like that is exactly the time period of order 66. You're one of the last surviving Jedi after the empire's taken over. And you you kind of have to break your, your ways, right? Like, I mean, you find that, I I don't know how you're playing. Apparently I'm playing like an asshole because I found out from the intern, if it rains and thunders a lot, uh, you're playing like a motherfucker in terms of you, you, you have no honor left. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) really? Yeah, the the game will it makes a point at you know samurai that that culture is all about honor and you, you face your enemy you don't do any stealth shit you yeah. don't run up behind them and stab them in the throat that type of stuff you know if you've seen the opening of the game it kind of sets the tone at the difference between the Mongol horde and how samurai chose to do battle and it's it's also why the samurai got their asses beat because. Yeah. Uh, they, they're a little too old in their ways, just like our Jedi friends. Same shit. They, they, they prescribe to 
ancient ways of, of doing things and it, and it costs them dearly when, when time kind of modernized around them. So uh, it, it, the, the game's fantastic. I haven't beat it yet. It, it's even a game you can throw on for 20 minutes and get complete enjoyment out of it just yes. to complete a little quest here or there. So uh, we've been screaming about it for a month now. Uh, it's fantastic. Get it or wait for a sale. Either way, it's a game that needs to be played. Uh, just wrapping up kind of the, the casual conversation here before we get into our Star Wars topics. Yes, this is a Star Wars podcast, <laughs> but there's not a lot to talk yeah, about. There's some good juicy funny. shit to talk about, but not a lot. And, you know, we just like kind of shooting shit, real life stuff, right? Real words and <laughs> shit, as we say on the Star Wars Time Show. But uh, brief updates and uh, pop culture shit. Huge fan of Bill and Ted 3. I mean, I'm a Bill and Ted junkie from day one, so uh, I, I got my my four year old. We watched the first two, I think, in July. She she actually loves them. Is like, Daddy, they talk like you. I said, Hey, <laughs> hey wh- why do you think Daddy is always saying dude and totally and be excellent and that? But I, I loved it. I thought Bill and Ted Three Face the Music was just a great movie. A um, little bit different than I thought how it'd play out. I love how they incorporated the two daughters again, dads with little girls that. that type of stuff is probably going to affect us more than others uh but really liked it watched it twice had a few beers while watching it maybe that made it better but but enjoyed it and we did the mulan thing okay the haywood house did the the mulan 30 dollar up the butt buy and uh quite frankly i thought it was a a beautiful movie it's fantastic it's very artistically shot the cinematography is beautiful uh, I mean, it is what it is. You're going to have people pissed off at everything in this day and age. Yeah. So if you want to be mad at the lead actress because she, uh, you know, kind of talks shit against protesters, understand she lives in a communistic country and she's a famous person. So she's probably linked in with the communist government. And if she says anything against it, they'll probably kill her yeah, or take away her career. So you have that. Uh, I think what was the other thing people are bitching about? Oh, the, the, just no, the way they released it, right? Yeah, like the, yeah. The $30. I mean, the thirty dollars thing. A lot of people are upset because there's no Mushu. I mean, but I, like the way that I understand this movie is like you know where Lion King was basically a shot-for-shot remake. This one is kind of a I don't want to say a reimagining, but it is a more it is seriously uh, toned version. Yeah, of, it, of it's uh, this is the first live-action Disney cartoon recreation that that just ditches all the Disney shit. Like yeah. there, there's, there's no singing, none of the, you know, there's no like puppets or animatronics. They're, they do kind of fold in this, this Phoenix CG mirage thing. I mean, you, that could technically be Mushu yeah, if you I mean, wanted to, but if you want to call it, yeah. I, I mean, to me, Mulan, live action Mulan, it kind of plays out like a crouching tiger, hidden dragon. It's just, mm. I, I, I'm a huge fan. I mean, if you can't tell by the way, I talk about ghosts of Shima. I, I love, ancient asian cultures uh, i think they 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 really did some interesting stuff again with all their honor systems uh, the respect of all types of art forms be it combat drawing calligraphy they were just very refined civilizations back then yeah uh, and this movie just does a great job at you know, kind of focusing on the honor the, the the belief in chi and like i said just from a cinematography standpoint for those of us that are toy photographers and like to try to create scenes with, with you know props and, and and figures and dolls, if you will, I I just appreciated some of the the views you get, and then it yeah. has, has some good Asian music too. I I just I enjoyed it. I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. And I think kids. I don't think kids are gonna like it because it is more like I said, it's serious tone. Uh, yeah, I mean there, there's some fun spots, but it, it's it's 
a, a heavier movie, mm-hmm. all right? Like Charlie had a hard time just grasping, like, why does she have to be a boy? Yeah, exactly. Like, why does she have to dress like a boy? Why can't she let him know that she has boobs? Like, all that stuff was really bothering her. I was mm-hmm. like, well, you know, because back then women weren't allowed to fight, and really women still don't have the same rights as men. But you'll learn about that as you get older and see that you're fucked. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, for those there of you, you who I mean, that, that's kind of the. Too. Uh, um, I believe they're removing it from the like the premier access fee extra fee is going to be removed either in late November or early December. It's one of those. And that's just going up. And then it's just going to be regular Disney Plus. Yeah. yeah, I would. I guess I would put it this way: if you're looking for something to do and you've tapped out everything else on your your streamers, I don't feel like I got ripped off. I mean, I mean was, dude, if you think about it. If we would have went to the movies, my wife and I would have spent over $30 just to see it. Exactly. Like, you know, with your ticket prices, with if you get popcorn or drinks, if you're going with multiple people, like if we were to go see Mulan at Alamo Draft House, it would have cost us 60 bucks. Easy. Because I don't eat in a theater, but like if we're going to Alamo Draft House, Taylor eats like a full meal she gets like two beers i I hate i hate movie people like that (laughs) but if we're movie people like that if we're why why the fuck do you need to eat the whole time watching a movie eat and drink i don't get it just go there you're supposed to enjoy the ambiance of the film in a in a big theater the big screen the big sound not assholes sitting next to you shoving popcorn and drinking right into your ear and i'm someone it's like a mental disorder where Listening to people eat or drink drives me to the point where if I had an ice pick, I would just not even look at them and just stab it right into their face <laughs> nice. because it, it drives me mad. Yeah, it, it could but, be my, my my daughter, my wife. It doesn't matter. Like, I want to just take their necks and snap it that you you would never, ever want to go to an Alamo draft house then because that's all. <laughs> it, I mean, Alamo well, draft house is literally just like a movie. It's, it's not even it's a restaurant with a movie screen. I got you. And that's what AMC's dine in uh, suites are as well. It's the same thing. I mean, it smells like a fucking restaurant as you're eating. You got, you know, fatso's stuff in their face with, you know, cancer producing foods. But <laughs> Uh, I don't have to worry about that for a while. I mean, I, I, I so want to see Tenant, but I'm not fucking doing that. Not not after going to the, actually leaving my, my hobbit hole and seeing what the world's like. I'm like, nah, uh, especially indoor shit. I'm good on that. I mean, yeah. I, I felt sketchy being on a windy beach with masks. So I was like, fuck this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's but definitely, I definitely yeah. a, a, a weird time, but I mean, that, that, yeah. That about closes out the the life. Yeah, updates. Rick, just Good. looking at the chat here, some questions on uh, ghosts. Will it play on the PS Five? Yes. I believe so. Yes. Uh, if you're a, if you're still a person that feels the need to buy a disc version, you would probably have to buy the disc version of the PS Five. Would be the yeah, only caveat I would think. Because uh, from that, what I understand, there's full backwards compatibility between PS Four and PS Five in terms of digital title releases. And then I'm not sure how it works on the disc end of things. You might have, it might be like title by title, but it is, but basically like the hardware is the same. So it's still going to be Blu-ray disc hardware for PS5. So you should be able to play it with no problems. I Um, I just, I mean, I'm, I'm completely sans disc on pretty much anything these days, games, films for sure. I mean, that's the thing is like, because I have such a backlog of PS4 games that are disc based, like God of War, Spider-Man and all these other things, I'm going to get the disc PS5, but in general, I am very much 
no like no physical copy please like ghost is all my ghost is digital to last of us 2 is digital final fantasy 7 remake i don't even know if you could get that physical but that's digital so um but yeah if you if you if you own a digital copy like day one i'm pretty sure you can boot up your ps5 go to your library download ghosts and then bang you can play it on there i don't know if there's going to be any up res like there shouldn't be any up res issues because PS5 play it's going to play it in in the same 4K resolution as it would in on PS4. Um but yeah, it's it will be available to you uh there on PS5. So, all right. So, um thank you for joining the Star Wars Time show where we literally have not talked about anything Star Wars except all the fucking money I spent yeah, on it and money. I did a did a quick show and tell, but hey, we got some stuff for you and we got some uh legit shit finally yeah. i mean the, the mando promotional machine has finally awoken i don't know what the fuck these people have been doing in covid but we've got legit mando news to talk about but before we get there we're going to talk about uh kind of the the shittier side of being in star wars and that's dealing with scumbags and uh, yeah. we got a a good article from our buddy John Boyega last week it was in the British version of GQ, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he caught a lot of flack for it, as usual, because people just kind of pull quotes here and there and don't really read the whole thing. But if, if you did read this article, uh, I don't know why anyone would have any problem with what John said. I think he spoke a lot of truth, and, and I think he just highlighted what it's like to be a, a person of color in Hollywood, in in a film, a franchise of this size and and Nick correct me if I'm wrong here but the main points he made were essentially you know uh no one had a Star Wars experience like his because his was solely defined by his race yeah uh, and we all remember it I mean when uh, the very first teaser you get a shot of a a young strapping black man and stormtrooper armor and immediately the fucking ding dongs out there like what the fuck black stormtroopers no fucking way yeah. and then they saw him with a lightsaber black guys can't have lightsabers i mean you, you guys know all the bullshit that they, was swirling around the force awakens mm-hmm. in this guy yeah i mean they that was his biggest his bit one of his biggest gripes he, he's got really two big issues is that disney basically pulled a bait and switch with the marketing because they like you said the first thing you ever saw for tfa was Finn stepping up out of the sand in the stormtrooper outfit, and, his, and there he is. Bam! You see his face, black stormtrooper. And then one of the other first pieces of marketing material you'll see is Finn holding the ignited lightsaber. So everybody, right. like even us, if you go back to early, you know, entertainment Buddha days of of Star Wars time show, like we were talking about, like oh wow, like this guy is is, is he going to be the Jedi? Is he not going to be a Jedi? Like. We are already at that point. We knew that that Ray was a character. We're like, is there are there going to be two Jedi? Like, what's happening here? But they, like, he was really upset by that. Like, he he was marketed as a as a a, a key character. And what yeah. he says here is like, what I would say to Disney is, do not bring out a black character. Market them to be much more important in the franchise than they are, and then have them pushed to the side. It's not good. I'll say it straight up. So, yeah. I think what he's referring to, Nick, is. With TFA, he had to deal with shit faces, right? DMing them, probably calling them yeah. every word under the sun, the N-word, this, that, and the other thing. Basically saying, you don't deserve this opportunity because of the color of your skin. Exactly. So he had to deal with that. You get through TFA, you remember how happy he was and gung-ho? He and, was, and really, yeah, he liked TFA. And if you think yeah, about Finn that was, movie, 
Like it was really, it was him and Daisy. And because right. like Poe was like, you know, Poe was there. Poe was, you know, an important part of the movie. But like you could argue that the, the three mains of that movie were were Finn, Ray and Kylo. Like, right. well, I mean, that's really the the perspectives that the story was told through. We, we yeah. kind of followed those three. I mean, you probably should even throw in BB-8. Uh, yeah. Because like any Star Wars, a lot of times the droids are kind of the, not the keepers of the tales, like but the they're, they're there through which yeah, they're, they're there for it. every bit. So, I mean, he had that. I mean, I, but I, I think after TFA, he's like, all right. I mean, character had some good moments, some heroic moments. Tried to save Ray, got a lightsaber duel. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we yeah. all know what happened. Yeah. We all know what happened with the, with the, this trilogy. It's just like, okay, let's give it to a whole other artist and writing team and see if they can keep any sort of continuity. And, and really that did not happen, yeah. especially for Finn. Yeah, Finn really uh, got the show. And then Boyega was like, even right after TLJ released pre-Tross, like he was vocally unhappy about his character's use in TLJ. Right. And it seems, I would say a lot of Boyega's anger is probably directed at that, at that movie and just where his character was taken. And the fact that there was no real clear plan, uh, you know, again, whatever the fuck the story group was supposed to do, they weren't really doing much because Mm -hmm. they allowed the artist to, write their own story and, and you know my tune on this i'm not i'm not a ryan johnson hater i think the guy's a fucking talent i mean uh, dude won an oscar for essentially creating his own story or, or adapting a story i mean knives out's pretty fucking yeah, good. Really uh, good tlj is pretty fucking good if you you know all things considered um that still comes down to my thing like how, how do you not have a cohesive narrative throughout all mm-hmm. three and maybe let different directors at least uh, shoot it a different way and uh, not so much change up the entire story. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I mean, some people in the chat, they're like, yeah, I mean, TLJ is where Finn kind of got derailed and they're right. Uh, he, he was sent off to just kind of putz around with a, another person of color who again, Boyega brings up like, Hey, like you guys knew what to do with Daisy. You knew what to do with Adam. You knew what to do with these other people. But when it came to Kelly Marie Tran, when it came to John Boyega, you know, fuck all. (laughs) So so what do you want me to say? What they want me, what they want you to say is I enjoyed being a part of it. It was a great experience. Nah, nah, nah. I'll take that deal when it's a great experience. They gave all the nuance to Adam Driver, all the nuance to Daisy Ridley. Let's be honest. Daisy knows this. Adam knows this. Everybody knows I'm not exposing anything. This guy. He, yeah. He's, he's been going ma- it, it, like scorched earth on Star Wars right. since like he was done with post-Tross press. I think it's safe to say at this point he's done with Star Wars. I, yeah. I mean, it would take a very special thing to bring him back and... And I'm not saying Disney's going to blackball him after this um, shit, even though they probably are. But I, I think he's like, eat a dick. Yeah, like, I don't think that he wants to be involved anymore. But what's interesting here is, like, throughout this, you know, like, there's there's much more that he says in the in the full GQ article. These were just some of, like, the uh, the more, I don't want to say incendiary, but it was... It, it, it was the points in the in the in the interview where he like specifically calls out like this is how you fucked up this is why I'm upset about it, but there was one person he defended and it was JJ it was JJ Abrams so <laughs> I love the, the quotes fantastic yeah. everybody needs to leave my boy alone he wasn't even supposed to come back and try to save your shit yeah <laughs> dude like so so the I mean I mean like 
and then you could see it too. Like in TLJ, like we talked about, you know, inherently in TLJ, Ryan made the decision to separate the big three to like pull them apart and tell individual stories about them in the way that he wanted to. So, but, but you did have a lot more focus in my opinion on the Ray side, the Poe side. And then the Finn side was the one side that everybody was like, I don't even know why this is here. What is this whole planet about? Like it was, it was literally like the one part of TLJ that even the people who liked the movie, even the people who who really didn't have issues with it, were like, this part can go. Like, I don't understand why it's here. Like, this whole, you know, this whole casino planet just really didn't make any sense, blah, right. blah, blah. So, like, he got the short end of the stick in that movie. And then in Tross, like, you can see that, that, that JJ's, like, immediately, like, put them all back together and try to catch up to where I wanted to go. And, like, you started to get... Finn with his force powers a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, but like, you know, you couldn't get back to where you wanted to be in that movie. So like, I feel like John probably had conversations with JJ early on, like TFA time. And he's like, this is where your character, this is where I see your character going. Yeah, I, this I is agree. What I want to do, you know, it, it I mean, if you want to, you want to play the other side, it, it, some of the stuff sounds like he's coming off a, a slightly entitled, slightly whiny, like, oh, hey, I, I'm not as popular as all the other people. It's like, well, I mean, our original films, Mark Hamill had all the nuance, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, I feel you can't like really say was... Carrie Fisher got a ton of nuance. I mean, they, they got little nice scenes here or there, but that's how it is. When you're in a Star Wars movie, you are going to have a true lead lead. And then the, the, the not supporting cast, supporting leads, but you're always going to have the lead leads Yeah, Yeah. on on the good side and the bad side. Yeah. I I feel like if there was just, I I, like he, he probably would. I mean, like, I think everybody would have been happier if JJ would have just had the whole trilogy. Of course. But, um, I feel like there may have been a conversation or there may have been a, 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 like a notion in his head of like where this character was supposed to go. Right. And in two movies, you could kind of see it leading there. But then in, in the one movie that's really built most around character progression and, and, and and building the journey into a specific direction, like that's the one that kind of got, everybody got different treatments. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that's, that's really, um, it's, it's hard I think, for, it's, I, I think it's you hard hit to, something there to disagree I, I with him, in my opinion. No, I, I'm not. I, I think John has every right to feel the way he does. I'm just saying, like, some of it you can tell, like, well, Adam and Daisy, well, they were the true leads. Yeah, okay? they, they were definitely the two. They, they were the, the Skywalker bloodline or mm-hmm. palpy fuck bloodline, if you will. So, yes, they they were going to get the best treatment. And hell, most people argue that that, that Daisy's character was useless, paper-thin uh, Mary Sue. So did she really get a lot of nuance? Who knows? I mean, yeah. to me, I think Ray's story was just as fucked as Finn's, as Finn's in story, the end. Yeah. I mean, it's just like... <laughs> I mean, really... As Nick has always said, Ben Solo slash Kylo Ren had the most developed arc and it still was kind of goofy. Yeah, I I mean, like, I feel like this trilogy shows you more than anything the importance of the middle movie. Because, like, even, (laughs) like, I'm not trying to shit on Ryan because... no. It, but it's it's not so much Nick. It's not so much the middle movie. It, it's it, it's the goddamn writing. Yeah, like there there has the, to be 
There has to be narrative threads that are maintained exactly. throughout each film. It, 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 again, I, I hate that Ryan gets the blame for this. It, it's the Cathy's, the Bob's, the story groups that let this happen. It, it made no sense. It, it'd be like taking three of us toy photography artists and saying, you guys create a, a trilogy of shots, but you're all your own artists and you're all going to shoot your own style and use your own figures, this, that, and the other thing. We'd probably come up with a very disjointed trilogy of shots. Yeah. That's just how it goes. Unless you give people a roadmap like, hey, Ryan, you can do anything you want, but X, Y, and Z. Yeah, like Finn is force sensitive. You need to make that. You need to yep. build that journey. You need to build towards him being this force sensitive. That is, you know, that that's one of the primary reasons he was able to break the the the, the first order programming and all of this stuff. Like there should have been, you're right, there should have been some sort of, and that's what we thought going into it. That's what we thought. But yes, yeah, so I mean, like the I, middle, I a, a middle movie, it it further it takes the beginning and it ties together with the end. And in this situation, you had the beginning and the end that were like supposed that were like going together, but then the middle was just like not not that that bow tie that you would like to see. And it's it's because there there was no direction. Like there was just like yeah, you make beat. what you want to make. But I mean I can't really argue with his sentiment here because especially no. on the marketing side of things, like when this trilogy started, like everybody was like, holy shit, Finn is going to be a huge character. I mean, this. dude, I'm looking at the, the, I still don't have the rise poster. I mean, that, I think that speaks volumes at this point of my feeling on this trilogy. I just can't like complete the poster set, but I'm looking at the poster right now. Finn has top billing with Ray and Kylo. Yeah, dude. His Kylo's is... got the biggest, then Ray, then Finn. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's disappointing to see that happen to that character. Cause like even, you know, when I just don't understand what, why, I don't know. I mean, like, there's a lot of questions about like the, the, uh, the, the I mean, at this point, it's, 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 it's just, it's pointless. It's hard to deal we, with. Yeah, the it, trilogy is lost. It is what it is. You know, take, take the good moments for what they are, but <laughs> it, yeah. none of us can fix it by expelling any more hot air. So yeah, uh, we just had some heavyweights join the live stream here. The, the intern showed up. He's oh. in here. He's been on the Finn force power since day one. Uh, we kind of shit on him with that idea, and then he was proved right in the end, so kudos to him. He yeah. always likes to remind us of that. <laughs> uh, oh, look at that, Papa Palpatine. Uh, speaking of Papa, Papa was at the beach last week, too. There you go. He was down in, in Nags Head, I believe. <laughs> this motherfucker, you know what I did all week? Drank. I told you. I mean, by I would get out there around 7.38 by myself, walk the beach, do a swim, maybe do some exercises if I wanted to. Wife and kid would come down around nine. We'd go walk the boardwalk, get breakfast, hit hit the condo. I'd load up the cooler for the day just with beer. I'd get my Yeti of water just in case I started to get dehydrated or was seeing things. But by 11, 30, 12, I was, my fat ass was sitting on the beach <laughs> drinking. Yeah. And drinking literally all day until I naturally or unnaturally would fall asleep around nine or 10 o'clock watching Miraculous with the kid. <laughs> uh, Papa, on the other hand, like people need to go through his his feed from this this last we'll week. We'll see Papa a little of, bit later. In the oh, show, yeah. And some sure. of the BTS stuff. But th this motherfucker, I don't know if he owns a beach house or, or rents one like I did. 
but he used an entire room <laughs> to fill to bring Star Wars toys and dioramas and, and shit to shoot with. And the guy religiously every day was out on that beach at sunrise setting up some immaculate and super duper sized scenes. Mm-hmm. And, and my good friend here uh, picked one of them. I, I haven't looked which one it is yet. I'm assuming it's going to be the at at one, but it could also be the death trooper one. Uh, but but Papa, he spent his time uh, well at the beach. L- yeah. Let's just say he was much more efficient <laughs> and he actually took part in this hobby. I brought my camera bag and a few figures, didn't fucking open it the entire time. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, but no, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about Papa when we get there. But the, the, the guy is he's a he's a madman Dedicated. with this hobby. He's a fucking madman. <laughs> I love it. And maybe I'll get back to it. But my, my little girl, she's fresh for, you know, it'll be four and a half in October. So there's still a lot of dad. I, I just I feel like I want to be hanging out with the family at this point in time. I, yeah. I assume when she gets older, I think Papa's kids are a little older where, you know, they'll, they'll be wanting to do their own thing. I, then the old man can dip away in the mornings or the evenings to do some toy shots. But uh, I was I was jealous of what Papa was was setting up. I mean, <laughs> amazing shit. It's like the guy brought his own U-Haul just to move figures and dioramas he's built down to the beach. (laughs) (laughs) He went on a mission. Like he definitely Uh, went on a mission. He got it's insane, and and it paid off, man. Because he 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 uh, produced some amazing scenes. Like he's a scene shooter, right? He's not like my simple ass doing portraits here or there. That guy sets up motherfucking scenes. But uh, we'll get there. So yeah, I mean, Boyega got fucked. There's no doubt about it. I, I um. I would say he's burning bridges at this point, and I think he wants to and doesn't give a flying fuck. Yeah, so. no, I mean, John is not the type of person, I mean, like, even during the trilogy, he wasn't the type of person to just, like, follow the party line and, and, and play nice with everybody. And especially now that it's over, like, John is going, at, you know, he's he's doing things for himself, and he's not trying to say, like, hey, let me play nice with Disney just in case they want to bring me back again, like... He is a very vocally upstanding human being, and he's he's right. got to voice his mind and his opinion. I mean, and- he did all did all that stuff uh, in BLM in June. I mean, he mm-hmm. he's all about that. So I mean, yeah. he, he's a he's a fun fun follow, a fun character. I, I do like him, and it is nice. It is refreshing to get Hollywood types like this that that have been in a mega franchise to mm-hmm. just kind of talk like yeah. normal people. Go read and, his and, and full not- interview as well yeah. on on GQ. Right. Like, go read the full thing because, like I said, this is just some you know, of the, the more particular like criticisms of Disney and and Lucasfilm and the star Wars franchise as a whole and stuff like that. But there's, there's much more in there. So go read the full interview. He's, he's a very intelligent, well-meaning and very, you know, proud person. So yeah, and he, uh, he's got that brilliant accent, too. I mean, mm-hmm, it's yeah. a mix of his uh, African heritage and then just the, the UK accent. I, I'm sure Tones, they, they probably know exactly what his accent is called. <laughs> uh, but it is it is fun to listen to. Plus, yeah. he, he is great at doing an American accent. Like, he, he doesn't... Did, like- he doesn't I, do it in a way like most British people do where, you know, they, they think we all sound like the South. Like, hi, y'all, how you doing? <laughs> you want to go fuck a goat? Yeah, um, he, he, he knocked the accent out of the park for sure. Yeah, totally. So, All right, dude. So, uh, I mean, really, that, that was a big story. But really, the, the huge stuff that dropped mid last week and then just this morning, which will be our, our final topic before the fan segment, is we finally got actual real deal Lucasfilm approved 
Mandalorian news. Yeah, and that first one was a big leakers one. That actually didn't yeah. happen. No more KRTO. The the trailer didn't drop because they had to shoot some scenes for a trailer only. It's like go fuck yourself. Uh, but Mando S two, we've got the date October thirty. It drops on Disney Plus. Nick, is it global now? Like, will season two globally release? Yeah, I believe so. The reason for the stagger last time is because of the staggered release of the actual platform. So, based off of what we know, it's it's a global release on October thirtieth. And the way that they I'm tweet- assuming that's a is that a Friday. Uh, October 30th is uh, I guess I could let me pull up this thing Friday called a calendar. Is. Yes, right before Halloween. Look yeah. at that. So, so here's, I have one question for you, because this is like the, the very basic news. So October 30th, the tweet says, this is the day new episodes, uh, plural, streaming October 30th. And I don't know if the EW article broke down the release structure of it, but do you think we're going to get the episodic release like we did last time, or are we going to get the full shebang? I, I, nah, they're, no way. They're, they're going to stick to their guns. I mean, they haven't shebanged a series yet. So. No, yeah. everything's been... That, that's a, I mean, that, I like you picked up on that nuance. I mean, if we were like some other assholes, <laughs> we would have like started a whole clickbait thread on that. Yeah. Like, yo, they're, to- they're totally releasing all eight. Look, S, S episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, I think they'll, they'll stagger it again. Do you see what they're doing, the fucking shitheads? I mean, th- how many more shitheads can we get in, on this planet? Uh, the Boys is here, right? Boys Season 2 is yes. back. Anyone that listens to Star Wars Time Show, you'll like The Boys. It's that type of fucked up content. Like, it's, it's as fucked up as it gets on TV. But apparently, uh, users are review bombing it because it changed its cadence. It did a Episodes 1 through 3 dump. Okay. To kind of give people a, a heavy helping, but then it, it scaled back to episodic. Oh uh, so the last five God. are going to drop on Mondays or Tuesdays. And they're so review people, bombing it because yes, of that? Yes, u- user review, review bombs. I will tell you this. I stopped, as a gamer, I stopped looking at reviews 10 years ago. Because right. like, it doesn't fucking matter what Joe Blow at IGN or what fucking dipshit at GameStop says about a video game. If I like it, then I'll play it. And if I like, I'll, I'll, I'll go out and get it or I'll go out and rent it game fly or whatever the fuck you want to do. And if I like it, I'll fucking play it. But I, I quickly realized that the opinions of others means dip shit, nothing to me. Well, I'm glad you brought this up and I, and I'm a, a huge uh, proponent of this as well, especially cause my, my 10 years reviewing stuff or movies and games is that and the other thing you have to avoid reviews. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's human nature. If you read someone else's opinion, you will then approach that entity of media with that stuff in your head. Yeah. It, it will influence your ultimate take on a film, on a game, whatever. If I go into a movie and Nick's like, hey man, oh man, Mando S1E1 is fucking awesome. All right. And I'll be like, okay, I'll turn it on. I'm watching him like, Man, Nick said it's fucking awesome. What, what are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? <laughs> well, yeah, it was great. That baby was cool, but it wasn't fucking awesome. He got me all worked up. So this episode kind of sucked. You, you guys understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It does happen. Uh, movies in general. Like, I, I'll get it. If you want to read reviews for stuff that's going to cost you an arm and a leg and you don't really want to kind of guess at dropping a bunch of money. All right, maybe. 
uh, even on a video game, you might want to yeah, consider it now because they're up to seventy, eighty dollars. Uh, I would even recommend just look at a fucking number if they give it to you. If, if it's a six and a half and above, you're probably going to be safe. Don't read the words. Yeah. All right, the words will fuck up your enjoyment or make you hate it more. It just, I can't stress it enough, especially with movies. Like, it, uh, you know, people always send me reviews of films like oh look this film's reviewing like shit even that when you hear someone like oh this you know tenant some people fucking hate the sound right there i'm gonna go in with an extra focus on the sound and be either more critical of it or be like you guys are fucking stupid uh so nick nick is right don't don't fuck with reviews please yep even though we review stuff unless we do yeah (laughs) like the the one thing i will say is that if you can find a person, a single reviewer that you trust, it doesn't even have to be that you agree with all the time, but like, you know, they take a relatively objective approach towards the review and they, they're more fact-based than like, this is how it made me feel. Right. Then, hey, you know, use them. But like for me, like my only reviewer at this point is Matt. Like Matt goes and sees a movie and he's like, dude, this movie was great or this movie was shit. I'm like, okay. I respect Matt a very high to a very high degree. <laughs> oh, th- well, thank you. You're, you're so, about the only person I'd say it's you, you Kung Fu and even stunt buddy will ask my opinions, but he still wants to hear. He's like, Oh, you're fucking stupid. You yeah. like everything. So it's like, well then why, why'd you ask? Then why, yeah. Then why ask? But like <laughs> when Matt tells me like his opinion on something, I can take that and say like, okay, me and Matt have, have relatively similar tastes and things. So if he liked it, then I'll probably like it. Yeah. So like with ghosts, like Matt raved about ghosts forever. And I was like, I don't know. I might get it. I might not. I don't really play games all that much anymore. But as much as Matt raved about it, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll pull the trigger and get it. And I'm glad I did. All right. I, I, I can get down with that system. Cause even Kung Fu, the intern, we, we kind of do that. Like, Hey, he'll ask me if I've seen something or and I'd be like, blah, blah, blah. It's never any details. Mm-hmm. It's bloggy blue, but blue be blue. It's like, okay, you, you take that for what it is. Uh, like he just shot me a text like, Hey man, watch Bill and Ted. I, I would have, uh, I wish I liked it more than I did. I was like, well, I, I loved it. I saw it twice. All right. Two different opinions. Yeah. Uh, I, I still think it's great, but that that's okay. Like, like if you, as Nick said, if, if you, uh, if you gain yourself an entertainment Buddha, as I <laughs> have called myself in the past and you trust that Buddha's advice, then that's all right. But I still wouldn't want to know more than 150 characters. Some, I wouldn't even want a summer. It's just, Check it out. You might like it. Something like that. Or mm-hmm. I liked it. So you might that that type of stuff is 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 how I like to roll. I will. I will ask that type of stuff. But as we're seeing in, in our chat here, it seems most people are like, hey, man, I'm going to I'm going to see how it plays out in my brain. And if I like it, I like it. Who gives a shit what other people think? Exactly. Like, you know, that's 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 my opinion on most things now. So. Uh, right. It's like uh, Mulan. I, I went into that with a few of the things like, oh, it could be this or that or this. And by the time I was done watching, I was like, yeah, fuck all those people. I thought that was a good two hours of my time. Yeah. So we will continue to review things that require a review <laughs> for Star Wars time. Yeah, but don't also, read reviews, but read you know, our reviews. If you think that we are, you know, relatively in line with your tastes, then maybe what we think about something will will influence how, you know, whether you decide to see it or not or play yeah, it. Or it not, is or read it, it or the not. whole the whole review thing's weird. They really got weird with it in, in gaming. You know, there's some sites like we won't even put a score anymore because yeah. Kung Fu brought it up. I mean, sometimes scores don't even make sense. I mean, I, I usually like the, the 10 scale. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, maybe it's my teaching thing. You know, ten out of ten is perfect. Nine out of ten is fucking great. It also gives eight out of ten more. really good. Yeah. Seven out of ten, you're, you're getting down to the C, but still worth it. It's average. Six out of ten might need to like specific genres to get into it. Five out of ten, which is a fifty percent to me, it's starting to get kind of poopy. Once you're into the four, three, twos, and ones, it's garbage. Yeah, it's just objectively bad. But yeah, I mean, we'll do the reviews for the movies. We'll do the re- reviews for the, you know. <laughs> well, uh, if we're still alive in 2023, yeah, 2023 or whenever the fuck the movies come back. You know, so. you know, the games we'll do the reviews for. So whenever Squadrons comes out, we'll do a review right. based on. And I think I would, I think I just half-ass would score episodes of clone wars and mando yeah we did that for a little bit just we like, did the, and like then whatever. like when i was doing the uh when i did the rise of kylo ren i did a score for each one of those since it was right. a limited run it was only like a it was a five arc five comic arc but doing an individual gotcha. review for each comic for like star wars 2020 where it's going to be a long a long run is more difficult so yeah i mean i, I basically do it but it's i don't call them reviews exactly. I, I, to me it's like if, you, if you're getting a comic which is four dollars and takes 10 minutes yeah you don't gives a, a shit about their review just what's that. cool about it what was neat yeah right? that, that was neat this was neat this happened this is canon here we go yeah there's a lot uh, of i need to check though. mine i haven't I'd assume it's September, right? So we're yeah, probably, probably getting get some new stuff. Star Wars and Vader coming up. So make sure to keep your eyes peeled on or glued to the Star Wars Time Show YouTube channel where my dumbass does comic book breakdowns for about 15 people. There we go. So there was a lot of neat shit in the new EW article that you mentioned oh, yeah. earlier. Finally, on the- finally. And you know what, Nick, when, when shit like this starts coming, the, the trailer isn't too far behind. Yeah. I, I mean... You know what starts on Thursday? The NFL, baby. Yeah, American anyone... football, yeah! All right, so I- I'm going to go ahead and-, and throw my Star Wars fortune-telling pile of shit at the wall right now and say we're probably going to see some Mando action between this Thursday and Sunday. Yeah. I mean, there you that, go. I'll, I'll even I'll really throw like spread my shit out and really give myself all sorts of escape hatches. Yeah, because look, you got well. I would say Monday though, because ESPN that's is Monday, Monday night. night football, yeah. and that's that's you know Disney owned. Uh, right. Thursday we'll night's gonna be to NFL Monday. Network. Who cares? Okay. Um, you may get a Sunday drop, but more than likely, if we're gonna get a Mando trailer during football opening week is probably going to be the Monday night game. You're right. I I wasn't thinking about that. So I will extend my window to Monday. Yeah. So Monday night football, 2020, let's see what the first week is. Right. September 14th, which is going to be this game is Steelers at New York Giants. Damn Skippy. I'll actually want to watch it. That's my team. The Steelers. Yeah. So, um, and then oh, actually nice. there's uh, a double header. It's a, it's a Monday yeah, they always, double header. Yep. They always do the double, double on mm-hmm. the, the first week on a Monday. And then you have the Tennessee Titans at the Denver Broncos. So somewhere in there. And again, every Monday night's ESPN. So, <laughs> Hey, don't worry, Nick. Uh, Klondike took care of us in the live stream. He a- emailed my prediction to Doomcock. <laughs> so it will now be immortalized and clickbaited. Yeah. And I'm sure Kessel Run Transmissions will have a form of it, too. Only, but. only you know, shortly on Star Wars leaks will those right. fortune tells start oh, to Oh, they'll, they'll show up. I, mark my fucking words. I guarantee you on Reddit this week, th- there's going to be like, hey, man, trailers come with NFL Monday night. We said it here. 
I don't have a fucking source outside of a brain that yeah. makes sense, okay? We said it here. If it happens, I want you all to start sucking our dicks. <laughs> but okay? also, I mean, look at if you guys haven't followed, um, you know, the, the Star Wars leaks Reddit before today, it, when all of this this news dropped with the EW article, there was there, it had been almost it had been four days since anything was posted right. on Star it, Wars leaks. It was it was the release date of Mando and then the the crew fucking patch. Yeah, the crew patch, and that was it. <laughs> and the release date of Mando that they post wasn't a leak. That was just them literally citing yeah, it's the Star official. Wars tweet. Right, so. <laughs> so like, there you go. We just did our first official Star Wars fortune telling. The, the poo has been flung. It's sticking. I don't know how much excrement will be on the wall by next Tuesday, <laughs> but there you go. It's out there. Star Wars Time Show said it. Uh, so anyways, uh, we got a, a really nice breakdown by Entertainment Weekly, and they always get the shit. I don't know if that, if that Anthony Bresnikan dude, I mean, he's you know basically sold his soul to <laughs> Lucasfilm in terms of uh, always getting the, the juicy media stories. Yep. Uh, but we got a bunch of images, Nick, from the set of The Mandalorian Season 2, but we also got some choice quotes and insights into the plot. So what I like to do... Because I know our audience and I know myself, I go do all the heavy lifting for you. I read the full article and I decide what are the interesting bits. And then like a, a helpful Buddha, I break down with big words so you can see it. Like, hey, here's, here's some thoughts from the article on John and Day's relationship. Rumored characters. New season goes beyond Mando-centric tales. Timeline in Din's challenges, Mando, Gideon, and the child, and then final notes. So uh, it, it's a it's a pretty detailed breakdown of, of the shit that I think Star Wars fans would want to get into. Not so much like, oh yeah, we had so much fun shooting season one, and everyone loved the puppets. Like, okay, <laughs> that's like, neat, but yeah, who gives yeah. a fuck? So um, what do I want to do first, Nick? Is let's just poke through the the image gallery, which I fucked up, of course. I didn't do link the media, so we can't even fucking click on them right now. But hey, you can see you can see them pretty pretty well. But um, so the first two images we see are the are the covers. So you do uh, do we feel like the baby has changed at all? No, not that I can tell. And I mean, I think that that harkens to something that comes a little bit later in the article, where where John essentially says that season two picks up. Bang off the back of season yeah, pretty one. much right after one, and and they're they're, and that's actually Pedro talking about it. We'll, we'll get there, but he essentially said like him and 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 By they're they're getting into some pre- precarious shit, looking for other space wizards, yeah. like stuff that even Din has never seen or been prepared for. Yeah. So uh, next shot there, I wish I could blow it up, but I'm a I'm a dipshit. <laughs> uh, you get a nice shot of 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 Din with the baby. Looks like the baby's <laughs> new carrying apparatus is is the over the shoulder sack yeah it's like a it's like a kind of like a baby bjorn except it's more like a messenger bag it's just yeah it like, is it's straight up a it's a messenger bag i mean it, it'd be nice he should have added some uh, uh like detonators or munition to it and just made it like the full-on chewbacca bandolier yeah. with special baby yoda <laughs> attachment accessory exactly so that's, a, that's a new thing that you toy collectors can look out for after season two, Amanda. Oh, I, I, I know. I mean, uh, Papa's probably fucking sewing a satchel right now to throw <laughs> on his Black Series Mando when it shows up. There so uh, Grief is whipping a whipping a, a new look. Yeah, he's got he's not in his like leather jacket kind of 
I, I, and, and this may play into something that comes a little bit later as well. He looks a little F- bit more I'm refined, a little bit more legitimate. But uh, it's a good shot here at Carl as grief. Um, next shot up is, is one that I want to call out particularly because it was something that I said that I wanted to see in season two was we see Mando Baby Yoda kind of leaning against the outside of a building. And then on the, uh, the best car shoulder pauldron, you see the, in, the uh, Mudhorn signet emblazoned. Oh, yeah. It, on there, it so. seems to have gotten a little bit more clear mm-hmm. as, yeah. as time settled. Maybe, maybe once the best car cooled and... You know, the, the armorer's uh, spark marks and whatnot went away. It got a lot more clear and pronounced, but I mean, it looks pretty fucking good it for does. for someone that just uh, kind of welded it onto a shoulder willy-nilly in her shop before she killed a bunch of stormtroopers. Yeah, so the, I liked seeing the, it more prominently on there. So that was... that. Always- this is a shot here, Nick, where I felt like the child looked a little plumper. A little fat. Like, yeah, a little like he's been eating a few too many frogs. He could. I mean, like, this is a growing baby, you know? You gotta, oh, you look gotta at this. Uh, Nico Tronis in the live chat just said he is literally making the satchel as he's listening to this episode. <laughs> so There you go. Y- you gotta love that. You gotta love that. Nico's been, been doing some fun shots with the new Phoenix Squadron stuff and kind of incorporating Mando. Uh, here's Kara. Uh, apparently, uh, like Mando, she likes wearing the same thing nonstop. Yep probably getting a little stinky probably hard to come across you know like good armor in the you know right in the post (laughs) rotj time period where there's like no government really set up there's no official supply lines probably it's just all get what you can get you know i just hope she i just hope her and din you know take showers here and there it's possible Uh, next one here yeah i mean obviously i think this was a foregone conclusion we we knew the big three would would link up at some point in time the trio Uh, it looks like they're getting into something i don't know didn't his his undersuit here nick and it's probably the lighting but it's got a little bit more of a purple tint to it maybe maybe i I don't want to say like full-on Django purple but yeah because if you look at the cover like the the mando cover it's definitely more brown like the oh yeah yeah that's what i said it's probably just like the the fluorescent light or incandescent light who the fuck knows Mm -hmm. Uh, his even his cape looks a little more thick and bundled up around the neck but it obviously could just be they caught him in motion Mm mm-hmm uh, looks like he's going to be hitting a, a speeder bike again. And again, there's homeboy and his little tote hanging out in the back. <laughs> you got like that. I mean, uh, th- that's like a, a car seat from the, the 50s. Yeah. Yeah. That's where, literally you know, even one of those sidecar <laughs> motorcycles. <laughs> he is. I mean, he's got he's got a, a 50 year old baby strapped to the back ass as a speeder. And honestly, if the baby fell off, he wouldn't even know. No, like, there's no <laughs> way for him to know. It would be gone and you would never hear a peep because the baby really doesn't talk that much. Yeah. And in this shot, we can clearly see he, he slapped on the jetpack. So uh, I, I'm going to I'm going to make a prediction here. We, we're probably going to see Din. Uh, they can fly now type of shit yeah. off of a speeder. Yeah, I think that would be a good We're calling prediction. it right now. Whatever episode this is, dude is rocketing off that speeder, probably with the baby in arms or chasing after something that has the baby. Yeah. yeah. So there, there's more fortune telling poo at the wall. I like that call. Here's a big Bantha. Look big at that. Bantha with the Tuscan Raider on the back. So, I mean, that. Are, that are, means, are we going back to Tatooine, Nick? That, I mean, yeah. That, that's what's going on here, we think. I mean, from what has been said in, in previous canon, like if you. Um, if you played through KOTOR and you remember going through Tatooine, I, again, like this, I don't know if this applies, but 
Tusken Raiders are native to and only found on Tatooine. Okay. Uh, so you're and not going to see Din, them anywhere Din else. is down with them. He respects their culture. He knows how to jive and, and work with them. Uh, what, do, what are you thinking of this Bantha? I mean, that, that's probably the most expressive yeah. uh, face we've ever seen. Uh, do you think this is fully built or is this uh, an animal dressed up again like they did back in the 70s this, this looks this almost looks full animatronic dude because right? the uh like everything on him seems like too heavy to put on a real creature right. yeah I, i'm with you, you know? I, i'm thinking this might be a a fully realized practical bantha animatronic like you said i think so i i'm, I'm leaning that way too so it looks good though i mean the huge because like you can't put like horns like that the huge like mouth yeah you throw the, that on an yeah. elephant it'd be like go fuck yourself yeah he'd be like what the fuck are you doing so i think this may be a full animatronic build from that's the neat Lucasfilm um team. tones is thinking the face looks a little bit like a chewbacca bantha maybe I get that a little maybe, maybe like get a, a little a chewy in there bantha hybrid yeah it's like uh last time chewy was on tatooine he fucked a bantha yeah right and, <laughs> and this is the the progeny this is the yeah they, they, they blew up they blew up Jabba's sail barge and before he got back on the falcon he had himself a little hanky panky and here we go <laughs> we have a new breed of bantha there we go uh, yeah wookantha <laughs> uh, there we go we got our man gideon and we got some i think very interesting stuff on him coming up as we keep breaking down this article i, I think i mean we all know uh, jean carlo's a, a pimp yep i mean guy got an emmy nod for maybe 10 minutes of screen time for this show uh the way he's talked about the way he's hyped it up I and mean, he, he's been the bat the best cast member uh, in between seasons in terms of just throwing out those little juicy nuggets like, oh, me and my motherfucking, uh, me and saber. my mother, my dark saber, this and that. And I beat the shit out of the people. <laughs> uh, so he's been great. But uh, we, we've got some choice stuff on him coming up. So th there's the images. They were nice. I mean, finally, we got to see some season two Mando. Uh, but but I really think the article is what had the, the, the better juice to it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. One hundred percent. I loved kind of John uh, commenting on him and Day's relationship I and what the, he's yeah. compared it to. Yeah. Uh, he essentially is saying John has become the Dave Filoni to George Lucas. Yes, exactly. He says, so uh, he's like, I'm like a lawyer talking to a judge. I am to him as he was to George. So, right. So this, what, what John is essentially saying here is like, you know, John, he'll come up with the ideas and run them by Dave. Dave is the keeper of the lore. And be like, you know, you can't do this shit in Star Wars, bro. Mm -hmm. And Favreau will be like, hey, man, but what about this, this and this? And he might convince Dave to buy in. But yeah. I, I just I really I really appreciated how John saw their relationship because you got to remember how Dave was brought in. He was brought in as as George's protege. They launched animated Star Wars, and we know what that's become. It's one of the best Star Wars properties we have. But in that relationship, it, it was master and apprentice Star Wars lore-wise, at least. Yes. Now we have John, who himself is, I would consider, a, a master storyteller. I mean, the guy knows how to tell a story. He's, he's given us some pretty good movies we've all enjoyed. Yep. Uh, it even acted some great characters we all remember enjoyed. Uh, but he's not the, you know, he's not the keeper of the lore. That, that's where Dave comes in. So uh, back in the day where Dave might have been like, hey, George, can we do this with a Star Wars character? And George would be like, nah, Dave, come on. It's a Star Wars now. You would have to do it this way. Dave is the one telling young John 
Like, hey, John, great ideas, great writer, but this isn't Star Wars. Let's massage it a bit. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate that that John isn't like this overinflated ego that's like, well, I created, you know, the Mandalorian season right. one. It was my idea. So I don't, you know, I, I'm going to exactly. do what I want to do. I, I mean, Nick, he could walk in and be like, um, I kicked off the MCU motherfuckers. Yeah, like I literally created the entirety of the MCU. With <laughs> if it wasn't for me, you don't get multiple uh, Avengers, Infinity Wars, End Games. I mean, literally, I I kicked it off. He kicked it off. It, it was him and RDJ mm-hmm. to taking a gamble on a, a fuck off character. I mean, let's be real. These days, everyone's like Iron Man. Yeah, he's fucking awesome. Back in '07, if you heard there's an Iron Man movie coming out, you're like Iron Man. That that's all Marvel could do. Iron Man. Yeah, it's like where's the X Men movie or where's this Iron or Man? Where's like. <laughs> I remember, I was like, Iron Man? Really? Even, and then you go see it, and you're like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah, this is pretty fucking cool. So, I like that, too. And I also like that when Dave says something to him, he doesn't just, like, throw it away. He like He's like, yeah, but look, in this movie they did it, in this TV show, like, in Clone Wars they did it, in this comic book it was right. done. Like, he does the research oh, yeah. I to, mean, to John, justify his, you know, his choices. John clearly has always been a fan of the franchise, but I think now, after... Uh, working in it and, and kicking off the show and seeing the success, seeing the reaction, working with Dave, working with the other directors. It, I mean, he is he is a full on Star Wars guy now. Yeah. Like he is a Star Wars creator now. I feel like you uh, can go two ways, too, because like some creators who were fans previously will be like, yeah, I was a fan. I did it. I worked. I directed a movie and. You know what? It was fun, but I don't think I want to do it again. And then right. there, then you have people like John who are like, I was a fan. I did it. I created something. And now I love it even more. And- no, I'm with you because I, I feel like he's someone like you, you, you or I, where he's always been a fan. And he's but with his job and his connections, he's found a way to become a part of the franchise exactly uh we try to do it very third party like ancillary bullshit with our podcasts right that's how we 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 celebrate our star wars fandom we we feel like we're connected a bit more to other star wars fans through that guys like john favreau pitch fucking star wars stories get get made characters get animated characters made after them voice characters play characters alien characters i mean john is all over star wars now i mean he he's he's pre vizsla he's a uh, rio he's the heavy he's the creator of the mandalorian he's yeah. the creator of baby yoda that was his idea that was his pitch to dave what do you think about a baby yoda character um, so I mean, John's full in at this point. I, I just I loved reading about their 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 relationship because in my mind, you let those two gentlemen steer this ship, and, and we're back on track having movies come out every year that we are dying to see. Yeah, uh, but apparently that's not happening. So uh, other good stuff. We all know there's like eight thousand eight thousand rumored characters for season two Mando, right? Yeah, I mean that you could list the. It's insane if they had every rumored like, character. I in the mean, show. we got Rosario Dawson, Michael Bean, Timmy Oliphant, Tamara Morrison, so on and so forth. They're all in there. Boba Fett's coming back. Uh, Django is coming back from the dead. All this <laughs> shit. And when asked about it, this is what we got from one Gina Carano, who I have sadly found out is a COVID idiot, unfortunately, oh, but really? we're yeah. not going to spend time on that. But she's an idiot. 
Uh, but this is what she said when asked about all the big time rumored cast uh, members. Some of them are true. Some of them are not. Yeah. I mean, okay. That's what else is she going to say? <laughs> this Rosario's definitely in it. Tamira Morrison's not. Michael Bean's not. Right. I don't think she can. But do that. It, it it it's it's that little. She she's she's letting that rope out a little bit more. Yeah. Right. She she's stringing us along perfectly. Uh. So I mean, you can bet your ass that a lot of the ones we've heard about are probably in it. Mm-hmm. But some are not in it. I mean, she she by saying what she did, some are some aren't. She's confirming the rumors but also shitting on the rumors. We just don't know which characters didn't make the cut, but uh, you can bet your ass you're going to see some of these people. We talk. I think Mike, Michael Bean's a done deal. I think Timmy Oliphant's a, a done deal because they're, they're going to be uh, probably ancillary or, or, or side-type characters. The whole Rosario stuff, I, I, just, I have to see it. I have to see it. Yeah, that's... The, it's like, such it's a the big character one, to, to bring in. the biggest question mark, you know? Because, like, bringing in a character like Ahsoka will forever, I mean, depending on how you use her, like, I just don't see how you bring in Ahsoka and then she doesn't somewhat take over the show a little bit, you know? Like, I don't think that you well, could have Ahsoka in it for one episode. Do you think that you could do I, that? Well, Nick, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad you, you brought that up because our, our next main bullet point here is this season is no longer just going to be Mando-centric stories. Uh, John in this article is posing that he's they're kind of taking a Game of Thrones approach now. Yeah, I mean, season uh, episode one, they pretty much said it's going to start right after uh, season one. It's going to be Din and the baby. Yep. But it it sounds like after that, uh, by bringing in some of these characters, they're going to expand the scope of the show's plot Mm -hmm. massively to where we may follow another character for a good part of an episode and maybe only check in on din once or there may be an episode where you don't see din at all uh just like i mean remember game of thrones it could be uh, this episode was all john snow and danny this episode was all uh, oberon centric there was some Tyrion in there and we got the, the little shithead joffrey yep that's how they are saying this season is going to be play out i mean here's the exact quote from john Uh, The new season is about introducing a larger story in the world. The stories become less isolated, yet each episode has its own flavor, and hopefully we're bringing a lot more scope to the show. I like that. Uh, I like that a lot. Because it gives you the opportunity with this one to just, I mean, like, yes, we know about Mando, we know about the baby, we know about the, the story that's being told there, but now, if a lot of these character rumors are true... Then you get to expand, your right? Like Nick's saying, it. like like Nick is wanting. I think we all would want if there is the Ahsoka. It's probably not just going to be like, oh hey, there she is. Yeah, like hey, hi, you might bye, meet thank her, you. <laughs> right? You might meet her in an episode, and then two episodes down the road, it starts just with her. Like mm-hmm. you're following her journey, and we don't catch up with what's going on with Din until the very end, if at all. Yeah. Uh, and Dave kind of added his two cents on the on the kind of the. the tone of where things are going everything gets bigger so i mean he's just doubling down on that the stakes get higher but also the personal story between the child and mando develops in a way i think people will enjoy see i like that that's also an interesting thought like what does that mean did did they have a little bit of a 
contentious or do they actually start fighting together do they become a team of sorts or is it just more of that fatherly bond and how he cares for him do you do you think that we'll get a moment in the season where i mean din's charge is to essentially find space wizards find jedi and then hand this child over to them and like, hey, you know, this is now your responsibility. Do you think that we'll get to that moment in the show? I, then- I do a bit because as we keep going through this article, we do find out we're not to that part yet, but we do find out at some point in time, Gideon and the child will be alone together. Okay. Wow. Alone together. All right. And that's not bullshit. That was spoken. It is legit. Uh, but like I said, John specifically mentioned Game of Thrones and how they're going to bring in these new characters and actually kind of follow them. So he said, as we introduce other characters, there are opportunities to follow different storylines. The world was really captivated by Game of Thrones and how that evolved as the characters followed different storylines. That's very appealing to me as an audience member. So if that's what he likes to see, he's the one creating the show. There's a good chance we're going to see that play out in season two. And I'm all for it. As much as we love Mando and the child, I love the Star Wars universe the most, and the more we can see of it, the more characters we can get in a live action form, if they've only been animated in the past, the better. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Next here, the timeline and Din's challenges. So as we've been saying, season two is going to pick up soon after the events of season one. And this quotes from uh, Pedro. Uh, We start very directly after the first season, and he's going into very dangerous territory. He's very much a passenger to the experience in unexpected ways. That's fun to think about, knowing a man like Mando and how well prepared he is for everything. So, could be some space magic fucking with him there, is what I'm saying. Uh, Not knowing what's to come, not knowing how much or how best to protect the child. We don't know how far he will go to do that. All right. Is he going to start doing fucked up shit? And they're finding new ways to push the envelope. Yeah. I mean, if we, you know, knowing that the child ends up with Gideon alone somehow, I mean, there's only two ways that that happens. Either Pedro, not Pedro, but the Mando hands over the child to somebody he thinks is trustworthy and then they in turn give it to Gideon or Gideon somehow either takes him from Mando himself or another party. Well, well, check this out, Nick. I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that because the next section mm-hmm. dives into our man Gideon. And based on the article and what we've heard from Jean Carlo, I mean, th- these three are definitely going to mix it up in season two. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll probably be breaking out the dark saber, this, that and the other thing. But uh, interestingly, uh, Esposito kind of hinted that him and Din's relationship may not be just pure contention. Yep. Uh, you know, here's what he said. I'll be going toe to toe with Mando. OK, we, we, we knew that. It's an iconic battle. I want to disarm, disarm him mentally as well. Who knows? Maybe there's an opportunity to get him to fight some battles for me. You may think I'm a villain, but I'm trying to harness some energy and some powers for a path that could be best for all. You'll get to see him be somewhat diplomatic and more of a manipulator. You could tell, like, just like you mentioned, you know, we saw so little of Gideon in season one, yet he still got this Emmy nomination for for his work. But in those short moments, you could tell that this person 
is a master mind gamer. He's a master yeah. manipulator. Yeah. Standing outside of of that building and just reciting off, you know, Din Jaren, formerly of this, you know, and 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 basically naming everybody in there oh, where yeah. they're from and Care Cynthia Dune, blah blah. Mm-hmm. He got them all. So yeah. uh, I, I just I, parse that out though, man. I mean. It, we talked about before when he when he was hinting at the the force stuff, but I, I think to me, even though he used some qualify qualifiers in there like maybe or this or that, I mean, come on, dude is trying to harness the force in an unnatural way via the child. Yeah, and like most people that understand the power of the force and what you can do with it, at least those on the darker side of things. He really does think like Vader ultimately thought at one point in time, and even Anakin Vader, that if I have this power and I use it the way I know I can use it, I will finally bring some peace to this fucked up galaxy. Yeah. And what he's saying right there is no different than what Vader said to Luke, uh, to what Anakin on Mustafar said to Padme, like it it will be our empire. Like... They think this way, and I 100% now do think that Gideon, you know, may have been a Vader fanboy, but he's definitely someone that believes if he can tap into the Force, the way he will use it in his mind will be the right way. He'll finally figure the shit out, and he'll finally bring peace to the galaxy. Yeah, yeah, he's he's on a mission, and it's not like he's one of these warlords that's just trying to control little pieces of the galaxy to call his own like he's on a mission to essentially restore order in his mind you know that's that's his right. main charge now now that the imperial governmental structure has been so destroyed. It's, it's good stuff man i mean he's great stuff it's just i can't wait for the trailer now because i know i'll do a stupid breakdown of no one watch well uh, 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 oh it's a late one tones and kind of weak but got it out and we'll talk about it on the show and no one will listen but it's getting to that point where I'm ready to start. Let's throw out that poo speculation, man. I mean, yeah. I, I'm I'm still going with it. This guy is is a trying to use science and the force to achieve his 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 means here, his end game. I agree with that. I, I uh, other see- interesting things we get from him, like I said, there there will be one on one Gideon child stuff. So maybe he does get the child, and like, hey, Din, if you want the child back, you need to go do this for me, right? Yep. Uh, we also learned that he will be uh, piloting or, or commanding a larger vehicle in season two. So I'm like, at at Star Destroyer. Um, I mean, we've already seen him on a tie, right? So I mean, if you're talking, and they they already had a chicken walker in the show, so I don't yeah. think they're gonna do that. That's why I was like, is motherfucker literally just gonna roll up this time in an at at like by himself, like? Yo, motherfucker! Yeah. Give me the child! Boom! He just fucking blows the whole damn cantina up. Who the fuck knows what was at his disposal (laughs) when the Empire fell? He he may legitimately have a whole Star Destroyer. That's what I mean. So I'm throwing out there, he's commanding a larger vehicle. I'm I'm going with it. It's a Star Destroyer or an AT-AT. Yeah, I think those are good calls. And Um, then just some final notes here. Uh, grief Karga. So we learned from Carl that uh, grief as a character is trying to get uh, more legitimate. But like most former bounty hunter scoundrel type, uh, there's a good chance that he's got some selfish plans still back there. So I wouldn't be surprised, even after all they've been through, if grief tries to fuck someone over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we learned that uh, grief and Kara have become really good buddies, like to the point where they're finishing each other's sentences. <laughs> Um, 
Oh, hold on. From the intern here, Master of Swago, Moff Gideon capital ship coming to the game, so... Oh, shit! Look at that! Look at me throwing my fucking poo out there, and it sticks. Who Put needs it up there. Kessel Get Run? it on Star Wars Leaks. Intern, that's your one job for today. Side Let's Star Wars it. Time Show. And I'm also <laughs> with, with Papa's comment in the live stream. See, people, join the live stream. It's fun. Usually Tuesdays on YouTube. Uh, Papa wants that at at, and then he wants uh, a HasLab project, which is you know basically where we all back yeah. a one twelve scale at at. So uh, I'm all about that as well. Uh, but I, I think that's cool that grief and care have be, kind of come buddies, right? I mean, we, they we were left them contentious a bit, right? You know, but we did leave them on Navarro in a kind of good place after they just almost got killed. So I, mean, I feel like naturally, death brings people closer together. There you go. Or close, you go. So, close to so death, they're, at least. They're going to be buddies, and it, you know that Din's probably going to have to tap into them for something, or, or you know, maybe, like I said, grief tries to fuck them over again. Uh, I, I found this to be interesting. The hardest part of post on Mando S2 was doing the score. That's interesting. Uh, well, you couldn't you couldn't get the orchestra all in the uh, same yeah, room. That's a so good call. So literally, they had to like score shit from uh, their their own remote locations. Yeah, uh, because they, they finished in the article. They they finished principal four days before uh, Hollywood essentially closed Shut its down. doors. Okay. So yeah, once principal's finished, that's when you score because you're actually scoring with the with the you know exactly. the show playing so, in the background. So exactly. So Favreau's like that was interesting just to try to get Ludwig and the orchestra just network together through Zoom or whatever to yeah. score and, each. And this episode. is before like probably before these special setups where like they would rent out warehouses and you know have people sit socially distanced and everything. But even like. It's hard. It, it would even be hard to do like a socially distanced orchestral compilation. What, dude, yeah, because they're blowing. All they're doing is blowing water droplets into the air. Like yeah. singers, anyone that where you're expelling the the, the nasty. Yeah, it's not good to be indoors yeah. next to. People, it's also so. it, it. You also lose the the depth of the orchestral sound because what what really makes an orchestra sound the way it does is the the proximity in which all of the instruments are together. Right. You know, if you're playing a violin and then six feet away from you is the closest person playing, you know, a, a flute, you lose that intermingling of the sound. Like that's what makes, you know, these big London symphony orchestras yeah, I, so good. I still trust the, the sound engineers. I, I think that yeah. they probably figured out a way to, to stitch it all together. But like I said, I mean, that, that probably was a huge fucking pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. um, I just, one of my very good buddies, we grew up together in Pittsburgh. He is essentially the Stern Show's IT director. Uh, so he's had to set some shit up to allow Howard to do his show remotely from his Hamptons mansions on a beach. You know, we get that, but... It's funny to see how the quality has uh, progressed from March till now. Uh, March, the Stern shows were like as shitty as ours. Yeah. I mean, just shit sound, <laughs> shit video. It was just crap. Now, I mean, they, they just did an interview in and in a live kind of like a, a concert with Metallica. You would have thought Metallica was in fucking Howard's basement. The uh, and then the video the, quality the was just as good or something like that. Whatever that quote is like necessity is the master exactly. of, of innovation exactly. I think is, is what it is. So, I mean, of course, like at first it's just like, whatever, like you have a mic, I have a mic. We, we 
both talking to the mic and see what the fuck happens, see how it comes out. <laughs> like, and that's yeah, what so we do. It just, <laughs> yeah. it has gotten better. I mean, you know, the, the, the tech people always figure it out. My, 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 my buddy, Ben, I mean, I, I know Klondike is a, is a stern bro like myself. I mean, anytime I talk Howard, he, he comments. So Joe, if you've ever heard the name Ben Bardo uttered on the show, that's who I'm talking about. There used to be the who's Ben Bardo game. Uh, anytime Howard has issues now, he's like, hey, I can't see my monitor. And you'll hear Ben come on like, well, that's because you need to click on the window, dummy. That, that's <laughs> that's my boy. So uh, really, all my friends went and did big and great things except for me. <laughs> Got one friend that's been working for Stern for almost 20 years. Another one who's in Hollywood. It's yeah. like and then there's there's Nick and I in our basements talking about Star Wars for two hey, hours, you know, slowly but surely. Uh, he well uh he again sorry talking to the live stream joe he interned for scott the engineer back in the early 2000s so uh all right uh just kind of wrapping up our final notes here on mando s2 and this is kind of the you know the 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 tickle their tits type of stuff (laughs) that the cast and crew was throwing out there like all their superlatives for uh, what they think of season two so here's carano i have no question fans are going to like the season even more in terms of season one, everything's in there. If you're a Star Wars fan, you're going to get to see things you've always wanted to see. That's what I want to hear. That's pretty good. I'll do that. And then you, and this one's from Filoni himself, you want The Empire Strikes Back to be better than A New Hope. <laughs> so, I mean, you're that, right that's about Dave that pretty as well. much saying, and it goes to, to Nick's point of, you know, uh, Anytime you follow something that's successful or if you're a middle film in a trilogy, there's a lot of pressure on that one to kind of continue the excellence of the starting point while feeding into the subsequent movies or seasons. So, um, and come on, guys, girls, we, we know we know Mandalorian season two is going to knock our collective socks off. Yeah, I'm talking full chubs on October 30th as soon as we hit play. There's no doubt in my mind that we're all going to be sitting here, you know, tweaking our nipples, talking like, oh, my God, it was so great. Did you see that? Did you see that? Oh, my God, did you see that? And how I'm excited. Many, I'm finally excited. How many shows that you know that have gone multiple seasons where the first one is the best one? That's usually not it. Usually, right. like, your first season is the one that you have to struggle through. You're like, all right, like, just get through season one. I, I would and say I, I know one show just off the top of my head. I would say well, two lost and maybe Dexter. Okay. Dexter. Uh, I feel like got better like season two, season three was, I think it, it peaked season four with Lithgow's. Yeah. Lithgow's character was after that. Uh, Dexter just got fucking wonky. Yeah, I mean, really I, I still saw it through, but just, it never recaptured the, the excellence of those first four seasons. Yeah. And so. I've still never seen lost. I don't know what keeps me from watching that, but I know it's. Abrams I would still recommend do it. Just, I mean, again, I'm someone just now going through the Sopranos. Yeah, uh, I'm 40 years old, and I'm just now watching season one of Sopranos because it's it's one of those cultural shows. I feel like at some point in time, you've heard so many people talk about it, memes about it, sayings about it. You, you might as well just dive that, in. Like I, what, I need to do The Wire too. I've never watched dude, the fucking that's, Wire. I, I was gonna mention that just now. Like The Wire, Taylor and I. Here's the disconnect with The Wire is like we like it was it was weird because the, the wire is older than you think it is like it's like a 20 year old plus show and well, we watched dude, sopranos and we like, came out in, in late just, 90s yeah it, 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 it like you can tell that there is a 
a disconnect between the technology and that's what threw us first uh, off at right. first because it's like nobody's got cell phones yeah like you're you're watching them in this office with like these fucking oh yeah man, they're, they're period pieces at this point yeah. i mean I, uh, season one of sopranos the, the little daughter is firing up like aol dial-up shit and is when websites were nothing but flash players and gaudy uh, mm. uh shit animation on every website yeah so, yeah. so I mean, that's so we, we're probably going to try to get through the wire again at some point, but it's we've tried it and we're like, man, this just seems a little off. But I mean, now's the best time to do it. And if you have yep. HBO Max, we have HBO Max free through our uh, Internet subscription. We have AT&T. So we've been watching some shit on there. Yeah, I know. I know. In turn, I'm an asshole, but <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of things. That, I've seen things that you haven't seen either. <laughs> the intern yeah i'm an asswipe I, I i don't know what i was doing it's like i said back in that time in the late 90s early 2000s that was my college years uh even living at home we never had hb or any of that shit so i never i never had that crap i mean it's just something I, I skipped over while i was you know doing drugs and drinking and stupid shit yeah. i have no idea did, uh, what hey, i, I can't tell is, you what i was doing in the late 90s early 2000s did the intern ryan have you finished the the new thrawn book yet i t earlier in the show i said i got my copy uh thursday of last week and i've i've just started i'm gonna go it. with have you finished it yet if it, if it's an audio version if there's an audio version available i would assume he's at least started it i, I don't know if he travels as much as he used to because he's, he's like a roaming it guy and with all this shit i don't know if he goes to client sites True. But that's where I think he listened to most of his books. So we'll see. But you, you guys should have a, a, a piss off there with this book to see who can finish it last. <laughs> he will finish it first. <laughs> yeah, good. Because <laughs> like you said, uh, I'm, I'm deep into ghosts. So there you that's, go. That's yeah, I need to fucking finish ghosts. I mean, I, I might want to try that dumbass Marvel's Avengers for some reason. I and I bought okay. I, I bought uh, that PGA Tour 2K21 for the Switch, so it's all bootleg looking. But <laughs> I, I've been feeling like playing a golf game, and it sounds like having a portable portable version uh, was the right idea. But man, the, the Switch is so weak compared to even PS4 and Xbox, blah, blah, X. Yeah. All right, man. Uh... I think it's time to get into that fandom segment, right? Yeah, I know. I mean, we're two hours into a show that literally had two topics to talk about. So probably time to, to roll into the fan segment of the week. And that means our question of the week and our battle That's bracket right. updates. That's right. But before we get in there, the intern did reply to our question and he has not started, but he thinks he will finish it by Thursday. Holy fuck. So there you go, Nick. The there, gauntlet the, has yeah. been thrown down. The challenge is out there. Who's got a bigger penis? I you think, or the intern? I think the intern's got a bigger EP than me for, <laughs> for the book. I'm not even going to... Like that has anything to do with your ability to read, but it does on our show. So, All right, man, go ahead and kick off that fan segment. I think I'm going to take my scheduled leak of the gas. There you go. Uh, I'm yes, still Matt trying to recycle uh, alcohol out of my system. I, I literally drank, I think, from August 28th until yesterday only taking one day off to drive home from the beach on saturday jeez um, yep that's a winner man hey dude like i said <laughs> when i go to the beach these days i mean i'm not like getting blacked out but i'd say from 11 until eight at night i'll have around seven or eight beers so it's oh, like wow. a beer an hour uh, but you know your your body can rotate through that shit. So <laughs> hey, it's the beach. You got you got to live it. And when you live your life the way I do, like I know you know I'm nutty, and and these yes. people know I'm insane, but they don't know like how insane. Uh, essentially, outside of four weeks out of the whole year, 
I eat a regimented diet. I work out religiously. Uh, I don't drink during the week. I'll only have maybe four beers a night over the weekend and spread those out. So I'm not like a, a huge fucking degenerate. But when I go to the beach, fuck it. All gloves are off. Yeah. I eat like a normal person and I drink like a fish. So it is what it is. And now you wonder why I didn't get any toy shots done and Papa shot a truck full if, of shit. If, if Matt would have <laughs> drank... I mean, if he would have shot the shots that he wanted to while he was over there, they would be off-centered and cock. They would oh, be yeah, blurry. Yeah. It would be a drunk person's mess. I, I sit on the beach and just figure out when the next time is I got to get up and go piss in the ocean. <laughs> uh, it even got to the point where I was figuring out ways where I could still piss up by my chair later on in the night and people wouldn't be like, is that guy peeing? <laughs> That's when you just bury yourself in sand, and then you're like, okay, I can get up now because I've peed. I'm I'm real, man. I I tell it like it is. I don't fucking tell anyone's stories. I live my life. It is what it is. I'm 40. I don't give a fuck. I love sitting on the beach, drinking some beers, riding some waves, pissing in the ocean. There we go. There you go. That's my idea of a good time. (laughs) I'll let Matt go get his his pee done, and I'll get us through the battle bracket uh, updates. Yeah, let let me get your graphics up here. So we had two battles that went off this week. The first up was a K2SO versus Chopper matchup. And then we had an R2D2 versus IG11 matchup. And honestly, I kind of felt one way about both of them. Uh, But we'll go through in order. So we'll do the K2 versus Chopper first. So number one seed K2SO versus number eight seed Chopper. We remember last week that Chopper made it through the bracket versus BB8. So uh, this one ended 68% to 32% for K2SO. Uh, about 90 voters here, so still low, low voter turnout for, for this particular battle bracket. I'm not surprised because it's droids. People aren't as attached to the droids as the actual human and or slash alien uh, uh, you know, participants in the battle brackets. But uh, K2 with the healthy voter turnout, 61 to 29 votes for K2. Notable chopper voters, since I'm only doing the losers here. Uh, we had Lights Camera Tentacles voting for Chopper. We had Matt Jessup voting for Chopper. And then we also had Greggy Boy in there for Chopper as well as Toy Box Photography and Intergalactic Raptor. Um, so some some notable voters there. Barron's Black Series as well. So Spencer Barron voting for, for Chopper. All of the smart people voted for K2SO though. Because let's be let's be real, in a fight between K two and Chopper, K two would literally just pick him up and fucking crush him. Uh, yeah, or, or like just stomp on him. Yeah, you know, just, like just, like an ant. There's, I don't think, and and again, like when the way these battle brackets work out, it's it's however people feel about the individual characters. They really don't put actual like who would win in a fight in there. But in my opinion, K2 kills any astromech droid, any non-bipedal droid. I mean, Chopper's a scrappy motherfucker. He is, dude. But He's like, got a bad attitude. You, you never know what those astromechs have in their heads in terms of weaponry. But do you remember everything K2 went to went through before he died? He like he was falling oh, yeah. apart. Like No, yeah, K- K2's a boss. I, I'm not I'm not saying you're wrong. I just I mean, Chopper for a little squatty fucker. I mean, yeah. Again, I'm I'm team short all the way. <laughs> I'm always going to be for the squatty fucks, but I just I love that guy. He rawr, is. Rawr, he's rawr, a, rawr, rawr, he's rawr. a he's a that's like Felony, a man. I mean, Chopper fuck. that Chopper is Felony in droid form. 
So, I mean, I could see, I can understand that it would be, you know, I can understand why some people would think that he would have a chance. I mean, he's got the rocket boosters. He's got a ton of those little, you know, yeah, the he, shit that pops out of R2. He would have to fly in and kind of do like a, a Mandalorian slide, you know, on the prison ship. Yeah. And, and have his buzzsaw out and, it, and cut out K2's feet right there. That is there. exactly what I was going to say. His best shot is to fly at K2's head <laughs> and chop it off with his buzzsaw. And that there was his... That's his shot. If he misses that, then he's in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'll just get pounded yeah. on. So next one up was IG-11 versus R2-D2. And in this one, I was actually kind of leaning towards IG a little bit. I was like, he is a literal assassin droid. He's that is kind his... of frail, though. I mean, they, 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 those IG units, I, I wouldn't say they're built to last. I, yeah, you're or, right. Or built to be quick, even. If, if R2 survives the first shot, the first salvo, I'll say then he's got a chance to win the battle. But it broke out. It was 36% for IG-11, 64% for R2-D2. So heavily in favor of of R2 in this battle. 61 votes for R2, 34 votes for IG-11. And again, I'll only read the losers because I want to call those out. All of you guys are losers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So so Rust Belt Collector was on on the losing side here. Uh, Super Scoundrel, SWTBS Wild Wing, Tones. I mean, Lights, Camera, Tentacles, Lima 4, uh, Bossa Jan, Star Wars Toy 73, Liam Samard. And then uh, that about rounds it out for, uh, and then Scion as well. So a lot of the notable fandos were IG-11 voters. And I yeah, think where, they Where felt, the hell is young Liam, by the way? I don't know. I don't know. He, he Maybe he I forgot hope, about I, us. I hope he's all right. Off. I hope he's all right. I, I, I know Liam's probably our youngest fan. Yeah. kind of scares me sometimes that we're going to get arrested. He pops up every, he still pops uh, up in the Discord. I, maybe maybe he's back in school, but it's 420. I mean, hey, 420. Oh yeah, Nico had the 420 call in the chat. There we go. So yeah, he, he is probably in school like doing right. i don't know if he's remote or if he's actually in well, person. It, hopefully he's all right because liam is typically in here for for the whole shit show that is the star wars time yeah, show so, so um but they they felt kind of like i did they were like if ig ig 11 has way more weaponry he's an assassin droid he can probably take out r2 but i mean i kind of agree with you though matt we've seen we've seen r2 go through a lot of shit from you know, from 1977 well, all the way up until 2020. We have we have video proof that he can take out a bipedal droid. Oh that, yeah, that is of girth and size in yeah. the in the B twos and the B twos. I would say maybe not as tall as a K two, but essentially built to do the same shit. Yeah, smash I mean, and shoot. He, he, and then, like you said, the IG droids are a little fragile. They're not as you know. They're very lanky. Yeah, lots arm. of exposed wires. I mean, yeah, he, he, yeah. he cut a cut a hose there, pop a gasket out or something. Yeah, no, I, I agree. So uh, good call here by the, the Fandos moving R2 on to the next round along with K2SO. Yeah. So the battle bracket will continue on. Rest in peace, IG-11. Yeah, we do RIP. Uh, the next droid. battles that we're going to get is we're going to get um, L3 versus the HK-47 from KOTOR. And then we're also going to get Droidica. This is going to be an interesting one. Droidica versus Super Battle Droids. So B2. I think, I don't I'm not going to say my opinion because I don't want to skew anything. But Droidica versus uh, B2 Super Battle Droid will be. It's like a, it's like a family week. fight. I know it is. It's, it's two separatist droids going at it. Um, so that's the, the two battles that are coming next week. And then we have uh, our. our uh, dude, I, I feel like in a pure droid battle, the Droidica is invincible. 
That's what I was going to say. Against any other droid because of its fucking shield ball. He's three. He's seed three. So the seeding for this bracket (laughs) is K2SO is one, HK47 two, and then Droidica three. And then, I mean, IG-11 was four, and he just lost to R2, and R2 was five. So, yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's room for upsets in here for sure. Like you, you know, I'm interested. In, I want to see how this Droidica B2 plays out. Yeah. That, that's a and again, as we've talked, at least on some of these uh, separatist characters, uh, we, I think you agree. But we kind of use our our galaxy of heroes knowledge. Yeah, that's that's uh, kind for of their, how for I'm... their skill sets. And I don't know, man. I, I think that Droidica is tough. Yeah, the Droidica is especially tough. And it's in a little Sulego. fucking tank. You need a dispel to be able to kill him easily. And if you don't have one, <laughs> then you're fucked. Yeah, the B two better use those fucking debuffs. Yeah, man. Do, 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 do. he needs those, uh, or shit. he can't take it out. But that's the end of the battle bracket updates. Now uh we will you have talked our to, did, you talked about the the two new galactic legends last week i right? did last week so yeah. we have uh grandmaster luke skywalker and then we also have sith eternal emperor not yeah i mean at this Pal- point <laughs> they're they're pretty much just saying that palpatine wasn't in rise of skywalker anymore like even in i think i, I forget is in the lightsaber book or somewhere they they refer to him as the sith eternal so, I mean, and we knew he was a clone, but I mean, he's straight up clone Palpy. Yeah, I mean, like Palpatine's force essence is within that, that, that. I, you know what? I, I, I know we always get on these Swago tangents and the only one that gives a fuck is the intern. Yeah. But does it not burn your ass that in the journey guide, Jedi Knight Luke is still missing? Yeah, he's not in there. I don't know. It, if- it makes no sense. I mean, uh, Kung Fu's tried to explain it to me, and I'm like, dude, that's dumb as shit. Like, I'm not saying he's stupid. That's This is just, uh, who are these assholes that make this game again? I forget. Capital Games. Yeah, Capital Games. Like, what is the point? Like, why hide what you need to get Jedi Knight Luke from players? Yeah. I, I know he's. it's one of these uh, rotating events. It's not like the true Galactic Legend he- event, but yeah, who yeah. cares? I don't understand that. I mean, at least show the requirements, like you were saying. Like, show, I mean, because you you can't do Wat Tambor, you can't do. I know Keanu that's, that's, that's what it, I mean, they're man. Both in it, it. Like, like logically, it makes no fucking sense. Yeah. So none. I mean, just at least for you know requirements, say show it, show it on. Yeah, there, I'm but. just lazy. I don't want to go look it up. I mean, yes, I've I've already favorited who who I'm going to need to work on, but at this point, I have 800 oh. favorited characters because I. I don't do it like Kung Fu. I mean, he zeroes in on a set and knocks it out and then moves on. I kind of, at least uh, farming star levels, I, I spread it out a bit so I can at least be caught up on the stars. I'm not dedicating gear shit to these assholes yet, but. Oh, dude, I'm you know, still like, I'm, I've, I think I announced last week I finished my Darth Revan, so I have Revan. And now I'm like going through and I've I've only been able to do half a Malik because you're essentially you're I mean, as far back of me as I am of Kung Fu. Of Kung Fu cuz I remember I can remember at celebration Kung Fu sitting on the bed in the fucking hotel room saying like this fucking Malik event's dumb and I hate it. Right. Right. <laughs> and that was what 2 years ago almost. April 2019. Eight? Towards the 2019? Yeah, it was yeah, 2019. Yeah. So it was a year ago. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, like, I can remember him doing that event and saying, like, this fucking thing sucks. It was, <laughs> he almost quit the game again at that yeah, point. And now, now he is he is right on time almost to get uh, Jedi Knight Luke the next time he becomes available. He, he's knocked out GL Ray, GL Ben. Mm-hmm. 
I love the guy. I mean, he he's the best with this game. Like he gets so mad sometimes when they announce a new character because he he doesn't feel like he can get it right away. So it'd be like, oh, I'm fucking getting rid of the game, giving yeah, you my like, account. Give you my account. <laughs> yeah, the, the first this time is like, fuck it. I'm only getting Ray. Fuck Kylo. Yeah, you know that they they can eat my dick. Yeah, well, he just unlocked Kylo last week, full, full maxed out, super duper Zeta, Relic 7 style. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know like... about in, in your shards, but I know in my shard, I just looked at the top PvP rank, like the arena rank, and there's still some like Revens up there because you can put together a lot of like cobblestone Reven. Oh, get Revan the fuck teams. out of here. Yeah, you're in like, you guys are all in the Bush League. But in, like, in your, your th- shards. now there's like, it's mostly GL Ray and then. GL Kylo is up there farther than I thought. Oh, yeah. Check out, check out. I don't know if you're friends with Kung Fu in the game, but look what he rolls in Arena now. It is a hodgepodge of shit, but because he has Mac Daddies left and right, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So- I mean, he, he's got like ray with gas and this guy and this bozo like i don't even know where the synergy comes in but clearly it works because i mean he's always top three so fuck it yeah i mean that's what some of these revan teams are it's like it's literally like there's like seven relic revan like darth revan and then there's like thrawn in there and watt tambor and fucking a bunch of weird shit like you know some of them don't even have malik in it some of them's got like emo bastilla and then HK, it's, like, it's just, just a game shit. that people love to hate, but but can't help themselves play yeah. it religiously. I mean, I I really don't hate it. I, I I wish I didn't fuck off for so many years in it, so I could be a little bit closer to the the new, if you will, like Kung Fu gets to be. But I don't know who gives a shit. It's fucking free to play. I don't give it. Gives me something to do when I'm sitting there taking a shit, like sitting down here trying to watch TV exactly um, it's it's worth it it's worth it so again there that's you go. Our, he explained it yeah he's got a fucking chewbacca in there <laughs> wait like like real like actual yes chewy? i'm te- his one of the chewbaccas I, I don't know if it's like good chewbacca or old chewbacca it's one of the backas gas uh, supreme leader kylo and i think ray is his team good fucking christ that's yeah, crazy <laughs> all right well i don't want to take up too much time just uh it's basically become Kung Fu Swago. Yeah. Homage. So let's get on to the question of the week, buddy. Here question we of the week is which Star Wars age would you like to live through and why live, that age over Look the others? Nick, Nick fucks these up every week. It's my, it does, my, my favorite part now is just to see the spelling error in the question of the week. Live though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm doing it on my phone, and sometimes I I'm just busting your text, balls. It's so. funny, like sometimes, the, like the spelling errors just make the question <laughs> a, a little more Live, hilarious though. than it should be. But uh, yeah, it's the swipe. Yeah, the so text. you're asking like, what what age would you want to live in if if we could live in Star Wars yeah. land? Right? And some I people mean, took some creative license with it because, like, really, the there's only three ages. But you know, as with all the questions, I let people say whatever they want, and and it's fine. All um, right. So. We kick it off with a response from Toybox Photography, uh, one of the, our, our regular top five members here on the Star Wars Time Show. And he says the OT, because of the spectacle of it all, he says being a part of the four, the very first time ever crowd must have been something to be amongst that. Oh, he's talking about like. Oh, wait, never mind. No, I was wondering if he was like talking about being in the movie theater. Oh, I think he I think he is, though. He says, to be among the audience that opening day as the first Star Destroyer Like you said, you let them answer how they want, whether it's right or wrong. Appeared as an experience I can only imagine in the countless conversations not diluted with negativity that later films would bring about in the fans. So he's talking about like the actual 
Like he wanted to be in the theater when the original right. trilogy. Yeah, if you take the question that way, that is the only right answer. That is, yeah, that is the only. It right really answer. is. It really is because that that was when Star Wars was born. So there is no other. Hey, would you want to be alive for the the prequels? Really? No, no. Yeah, there are no prequels without the original. So that is the only answer if you interpret the question the way Toy Box did. Yeah, and I mean, I wasn't. I mean, neither one of us were alive during that period of time, but like. But like he said, to like sit in the theater in 1977 when, and I'm sure we have fans that are listening that were maybe alive during this time. Oh, like, I know. I mean, tones, definitely. Like to see uh, that, to see the fucking, the Tanif 4 fly by and then the Star oh yeah. Destroyer just come in. I, I would imagine one six was a young strapping lad in, in 77. Probably so young, young dude, but I, I, he might have got to see that. I mean, I only got to see... Jedi and I was a three-year-old moron. I was probably just sitting there holding a toy my dad bought me before we went. So yeah, you were just like Ray, uh, like Charlie before. Yeah, like I just like now I'm like, hey, you want to watch Star Wars? She's like, fuck you, that shit's stupid. Yeah, so. it's like I hate Star Wars now. <laughs> exactly. I like Miraculous. Like, yeah, I just want to play Barbies or Miraculous. Yeah. So, so uh, all right, gives us a good interpretation of the question by Toy Box and a good a good response as well. So good stuff. Uh, next up, we got Stormtrooper Pete. And he says, KOTOR, I know it's not the same and we don't know enough about it, but those old game trailers slash short films are so awesome. Seeing what they can do makes it uh, seem amazing. So Now, do you think he's talking about Swotor. Bioware's KOTOR or the, or the SWOTOR? He, he's talking about SWOTOR more than likely, because if he's talking about game trailers slash short, short films, those are definitely SWOTOR right. things. And okay. I have to, I mean, like... That's what attracted me to the game because I was a day one. Like I pre-ordered it. Oh yeah, I dude. I, I mean, was, we, we talk about in, in that that's Malgus's famous entrance, right? Exactly. So like that was my game, dude. I played Swotor for years, and it's just like those are some of the best pieces of Star Wars, you know, online content that you could watch. Just watch all of the Swotor cinematic trailers back to back right. to back to back, and you're essentially seeing. Uh, a, a post uh, Knights of the Old Republic storyline play out through that. I mean, it's incredible. Um, and being in, being alive in that KOTOR, like Old Republic time period, whether it be during the time of Revan or after, is the dream time for me because you are living in this, it's not really the Wild West, but it was it was an, an area of open force use, whether it be right. you're a dark side user or you're a light side user. It, 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 I, I would compare it to our own medieval times. Yeah. I mean, people aren't complete morons wiping their asses with their hands and corn cobs still, but you, you didn't quite have the technological advancements of that and the other. I mean, obviously in space, they fucking had ships and this, that, and the other thing. But culturally as nick said the galaxy wasn't nearly as explored we're going to learn more about that in the high republic in fact that's what it is about mm -hmm. it is going to set this is when the republic expanded beyond just the inner core the systems core and it got yeah. into the outer rims so on so forth so yeah. i mean pete didn't quite follow the rules but that's fine yeah it's I mean, fine it's fine not a lot of people fucking followed the rules here. Hey, well hey welcome so, to the internet and trying to get people to read and follow directions yeah. so this the is next my up, life Next up is Darth Rosin, and he was the only one who gave this response, but I like his the reasons he put behind it. So he says, honestly, the sequel trilogy era, so the Age of Resistance, 
Um, you have all those classic planets to visit from every era and all of those amazing historical battlefields. He's essentially saying he wants to become the Indiana Jones of Star Wars, be placed in at the Age of Resistance timeline so he could go explore and look for artifacts from Age of Republic age of rebellion so on so yeah like even going like you could go explore the sith tombs you know at that period of time and and yes you could you know like like ray was doing on jakku she was scavenging from the battle of jakku the final battle that really kind of brought that's a very creative take on that question i like that yeah i like i mean some some people do use their brains still yeah it's it's a really good response by darth rosin uh old architect customs says the Old Republic, uh, again, so going there. But he says during the Mandalorian War. So this is pre-KOTOR. This is like, this is yes. when... This when, is what led to yeah, KOTOR. Exactly. This is when Revan and Malak were still Jedi fighting against the Mandalorians in open war. He says, uh, just the stories about that time, the glory of the fight, the power of the Jedi and the Sith held in their grasp, that, uh, that the Jedi and the Sith held in their grasp, uh, Galaxy and Chaos... Plus, the armor was so perfect. Technically, as the old architect, I did uh, live through that time. Uh, still kicking as well through it all. Ever interested in some story? Just ask. Haha. So that's what he says. Yeah, no, old architect. That, that that name should be familiar to at least the, the Star Wars toy photography community. I mean, he he does a lot of interesting customs. So I'm glad he joined in because he was hitting us up to see what time we we're going to do the show. I know he was in here at some point in time. I don't know if he realized how long we fucking do this Yeah, he's stuff, like, oh, this isn't a 40-minute podcast? Yeah. Like no, <laughs> OA does some pretty interesting-looking customs there, and he does little comic strip type of toy photography. So That's uh, nice. thanks for joining in on the show, buddy. Yes, hey, there's, our, there's Twinkle Tits. Oh, Greg's finally in here. Greggy boy is in here. Yeah, he's, he's, um, he's he, doing he, what I did last week. I think he's out at the Australian... What is it Gold Coast right Each now? Side, the Gold Coast. I heard that's a very nice area. Yeah. Um, welcome to the stream, sir. And he came in right before his segment. Look at that. Perfect. Perfect timing. So. Well, yeah, you know how you know the type of fan Greg is. Like if, yeah. if he's not in a top five, he doesn't give a rat's ass. So. Fair, fair weather fan. If I've ever I, seen I was, one. I was surprised you you threw him one. I mean that he should feel good about that. It was a good I, shot. I mean, I, I like believe. It. At one point in time, you said that you were going to shadow ban him. I was, I basically, what Greg should realize from this is that you are more likely to get top fives when you're not messaging me every day to say, when you don't beg and and plead for it. Just, just let your art speak for itself, my friend. That's all you need to do. Uh, You've, you've come a long way. You're doing it. All right. So, uh, continue with the question of the week. We got Sir Dork here, our good friend, Jared. Uh, Sir Dork 730 says, right before the Phantom Menace, I feel like everything started going downhill once Palpatine moved up from being Senator of Naboo. <laughs> I think that's a good call. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he had those aspirations, and, and once that plan kicked off, I mean, again, Sidious was, his alter ego was still pulling all those those strings to get that to happen, but uh, I, he's right. I mean, because you, you probably had this false sense of security, especially on Coruscant in the in the uh, inner rim worlds very much so where you, I mean, where you thought like everything you were, was great right you, you were living in a relative sense of peace i mean, I mean like, they all, they thought the sith were eradicated right yeah, there, there are mean, no you, sith you didn't have the war between the cis and the republic yet even the trade dispute on naboo hadn't really happened yet i mean all of that like you were still coasting off of you know whatever is is built off of the high republic we would assume so like whatever 
dispute slash, you know, big battle chaos thing goes on during the High Republic, you're still on the downswing from Yeah, that. no, you're right. I mean, I, you could make the claim that until the Trade Federation does set up that blockade, they were still in the... Grand you know, Republic. The, the, the twilight years of the golden age of the uh, inner planets of the galaxy or whatever. Yeah, so. yeah. I think that's probably accurate. Uh, next up, West Coast figures. So he has his own interpretation of the question as well. He says, let's up the question. Which Star Wars character's age do you want to live through? <laughs> and he says, and my answer will always be Chewbacca ages 12 to 18. <laughs> feel like that is fantastic. <laughs> like, like th- th- this person has literally in their life have sat, has sat down and, and to themselves has said, you know what? I want to experience Chewbacca at 12. Yeah. And then he says, feel, feel like he'd have a kick-ass childhood. No idea why. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, hanging out in the trees of Kashyyyk, swinging around like they all lived in those tree houses and whatnot. Dude, you got to so. figure. So Chewbacca's 150 by the time he's in Solo. So that means that he's around, say, call him 130. Call him 140. And his, in like, uh, I mean, line. Chewbacca's family was pretty high up, right? Like, I yeah, mean, he was one of the. Like, would he, would he have one, been a chief? Would he have made a, a chief designation if he stayed? I think so. I think he would have, because Tarful was the chief at the time when the Old Republic, not the Old Republic, but the, you know, the, the, prequel trilogy was ending right. when right at the end of Ross. well yeah when they all stand there on the beach uh-huh. at kashik and they're like yeah yeah that's our um our our guild in in swago is wookies always win nice and when we win a a territory war that's that's the gif that goes up in in discord <laughs> yeah that's a good yes one. i call it a gif fuckers get over it <laughs> um so yeah, I mean that's a that's a really cool interpretation. I like it. Of it too. I, I feel like I feel like West Coast figures might have hit a bong right before like, answering man. this, and I'm all about that. I I love deep thoughts from people yeah. that have just opened up their minds. So fantastic. I, I'm, I'm into it. I like the I like the <laughs> I interpretation. Just in sitting the, in that the, like just sitting there. I might do that myself tonight. Just sit there on my couch. Take a and take think a about, pen hit. Yeah, think about what it'd be like to be Chewbacca at 12. Yeah, I think that would be a good... I might even take my clothes off just to get even closer to that <laughs> feeling of being a Chewbacca. Yeah. Wrap yourself in like a, a, a fur coat. Uh, yeah, there you go. Rub your own fur. <laughs> that is amazing. I love, I love Star Wars fans. That's just fantastic. That was top-notch Especially shit. ones that potentially do drugs. So uh, moving on to our, our action figure noob oh, You buddy. know he would get it. I mean, he is a, this is his segment. Yeah, I mean, he makes basically every one because he gives good, thoughtful responses like this when he says, post-Empire pre-First Order, so a time period where we really haven't worked too much. Um, I think it would be cool to know that a bunch of rebels defeated a full-blown empire, evil and oppressive empire. Imagine the sense of relief that comes, uh, that comes out from that after years of tyranny, especially when you've been directly impacted by what the empire has done. I mean, yeah, I mean, like we're yeah, seeing, he's, a, he's essentially, he's in the Mando timeline. Yeah, I would say he, we're, we're seeing it a little bit in Mando here, but we're only seeing it from the, like the wild west Exactly. You like know, like what's happening on, on Coruscant right now? Are those citizens happy? Yeah. Or are they pissed? Like, are they pissed or is there just like open, like, what the fuck is happening 
anywhere in terms of yeah, like like, governmental you, you structure. Yeah, have, have the crime syndicates kind of reemerged and kind of to, to get their strongholds back now that the yeah. empire's gone. So. I think what he's thinking of though is like right around the formation of the new uh, the new it, republic. It sounds like Brian wanted to be in the special edition of Return of the Jedi where they show. A real shoddy-looking CG snap of Coruscant and them ripping down Palpatine's statue. Yeah, they're like, everybody's just super happy and everything. Yeah, like, ah! And they they essentially, like, pull the statue down on top of themselves. Yeah. So the the Darth Dad is next, and he has one that's that's very similar to Brian's, the action figure noobs. He says, I would say the Mandalorian time. I really like the kind of lawless post-Empire pre-First Order time frame. So he's taking it from the lawlessness in the Wild West side. The the Darth Dad is a scoundrel. Yeah, exactly. He he, he likes that that bounty hunter life. He wants to to start picking up pucks and and making money. (laughs) And then then Brian, action figure noob, is just like he wants to sit down in his, his apartment on Coruscant and not feel like... He's under the oppressive reign of exactly. The evil he, he wants to celebrate the, the the freedom that the rebellion has afforded him for those few short years. Yeah, and Darth Dad is scraping up all the credits that he can from yep. you know the 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 now power vacuum that is. He's in the bringing them in hot, or he's bringing them in cold. Yeah. So I will let you read this one, Matt, because this is from our buddy Bostajan. And if you if you all look right. at the image, I had to take some black <laughs> coloring. And color out the top of this message, because if because Bastajan sent us something a little bit lewd previously, and it, it filtered into the top. Oh, of the I message. forget what it was. Now I need to. I feel like I got to open up my phone and look at it. But I'll go ahead and take Bastajan's here. Right? What era? Probably before the Republic. It would be like the Old West. So much to discover. But mostly, there's no centralized doctrine fighting for the hearts and minds of the galaxy. There was no dichotomy of belief, i.e. no Sith and no Jedi. Mm -hmm. The rise of both is what starts the long decline of the galaxy. It's always fucking religion that ruins everything for everyone. True. It's fine to have faith, but blind adherence to doctrine will eventually end up fucking you in the ass because you're trying to fuck everyone else (laughs) in the ass. Having said that, Sith bitches. <laughs> Love that guy. <laughs> I, I So I like how he says Sith bitches at the end, but he also says earlier on that there's no Jedi or Sith yet. The fuck <laughs> is it, Bossa Jan? Is it Sith bitches or is it I, I no know what he, I know what he's saying, though. Yeah. He's essentially saying he wants to live in the galaxy before people that subscribe, as he calls them, to doctrines. Yeah, exactly. And he's right. I mean, It'd be great if we, we could still just be like, hey, why is the sun up in the sky? I don't know. Some fucking dude in a chariot did it. Yeah. Instead of like, no, my guy did it better. No, my guy did it. No, my guy's son did it. No, my guy did it meditating. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like That's where we're at now. So. so, I mean, and if you think about that too, that's way, way back. So, I mean... Even if you play KOTOR and if you get to, you know, once you get to the end of the game and you're on Korriban, you're going through all of these Sith tombs and Ajunta Paul is one of them that you go through. And Ajunta Paul is widely recognized as the first Sith Lord. He was the first fallen Jedi to really gather the other fallen Jedi under this banner of the Sith. And that was like 5,000 years before KOTOR. So you're talking way, way back like the... The discovery of the yeah, force. This is, right, this, this is like stuff. a Star Wars dinosaur era. Yeah, basically. Right. <laughs> so, 
like cavemen that uh, they don't quite know what they're doing yet and they're like flinging rocks and shit yeah with the force and they're like whoa whoa, whoa hoo, hoo, ha, ha, ha. and what then is... one smashes the other one in the head and there's the sith so. exactly so that's All the right. end of the question of the week and i told matt before we went live here we're like if we if if we go three hours today and then somebody needs to like stab us in the face and we're two well, and a half hours into a podcast that had essentially nothing to talk about. And get ready to be stabbed in the face, yeah. my friend. <laughs> so we're getting into our top five when segment. When you bring my dead ass back on the show, I really know how to expel hot air. Yeah. So. You essentially just doubled. I did a solo cast of about an hour and 12 see, minutes. See, but even doing a solo over an hour, that, that's that's impressive. You like to talk, too. So don't blame do. it all on me. I do. So it's not just you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's all good. We do it for the fans. We do it for the 10 of the fans. Exactly. For the for all tens of our fans, <laughs> yeah, for the for the eight people who listen to us on a regular basis, ah, it's so good to watch the live stream now because they have live analytics and you can literally see as time goes on, it just starts crashing it's like, like it's less and feet. less viewership. <laughs> just like a, it's like a yeah. looking at the stock market. We are a podcast after all, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we just do this because everyone bitched and moan about it. So it is what it is. We are, we are still a podcast. We do long form radio motherfuckers. That's right. Too long. In fact. All right, man. So, Hey, we, we got through the battle bots. We got through the question of the week. Now we know what time it is. It's that time that everyone loves to come and participate with the Star Wars Time Show. And that is with the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. And it is a plus one week, which means yours truly got to choose a single shot to honor alongside the five that Nick has chosen. So if you're new to this, remember, this is mostly on Instagram. Tag us, hashtag Star Wars Time Show. Tag the account, at Star Wars Time Show. It, with all of your Star Wars art. Hell, some of you bozos tag us in everything, and that's fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's how to get in on the fun. Then obviously you can come here and listen to the show live on Tuesdays on our YouTube channel, or you could check out new episodes on Wednesdays as they hit the podcast platforms. But uh, th- this is why the people come here. They, okay. they come here to have praise laid upon them. It makes them feel good. It's like going home and hanging up an A on an exam on the fridge. There we so go. So, Nick, who got the first A this week? Who got the first A? I will say that I feel like either there was something that happened in a toy photogra- uh, photography community with a release, or you had like a little apple of your eye this week, because there was a lot of Kit Fisto shots that were in this this feature. It's um, it's new release. Okay, it's a new there's release. been a lot of Kit coming around, and I can tell you right now, I think we're at least it seems in the European markets, some of the new Mando stuffs coming out. So, it's cyclical. Okay. Uh, our buddies, I mean, it's just like I told you, if you get something new, you should try to shoot it because it gets a little more action. It's not like I take my own advice because I've got my Kit Fisto fucking laying on the table of death. <laughs> there and we go. It probably won't be shot for any, you know, anytime soon. But yes, you are right. Uh, lots of kits these days, lots of plows, lots of uh, AOTC, Anakin and mm-hmm. Obi-Wan because they're new. And speaking of that. I don't know what it is with Entertainment Earth and me, but anytime I order a, a new Star Wars figure from them. I get possibly the worst fucking face sculpt you could get. Uh, I I love not having the stress of missing out on toys and just being able to pre-order them online. But I 100% miss the chance to go into a brick and mortar store and choose my figure. Yeah. The best one, right? 
Because they're uh, all a little different. Not, not bro, all of them are going to look my, exactly my the My AOTC Obi-Wan Kenobi looks like throughout production, all he did was rip bongs and smoke weed. <laughs> Dude, it's like they didn't even paint his eyes open. I mean, he looks like he is so fucking high, he wouldn't even be able to stand up. Oh my god! Yeah. So when, when I shoot him, I'll point it out. I, I just threw him in a quick story on at Haywood Pop, but it, it, it's ridiculous how janky my AOTC Obi One looks, and I'm too lazy to send it back. I know EE would would do me right and send me a new one, but I, I just don't give a fuck at this point. That's so the dice roll of the production line. That's right. It is what it is. It is what it is. But anyways, here we go. Top five, Nick. Who do we got up first, first here? Up is at Chess Pick sixty six with. The awesome shot of Grievous oh, yeah. jumping at, getting ready to kill, maim, and or destroy Kit Fisto and Plo Koon. So what we see is uh, Kit Fisto and Plo Koon are in the foreground of the shot that's a little bit more hazy. And then the primary focus of the shot is General Grievous lightsabers, four lightsabers ignited, jumping through the air towards these two on a battlefield of sand. So they're either on, you know, who, who knows, Jack who tattooing somewhere in the galaxy where there's a ton of sand. And the battle is about to go down. So um, I thought this one was really awesome. Uh, just this this Jedi showdown. I mean, I wonder if this actually happened, considering that we know that Plo and Kit make it all the way to the end of Rots. So cool I shot. can't remember if if Plo fights Grievous in the uh, Gennady series or not. But I mean, you, we definitely get to see Grievous fight way more Jedi in that cartoon than we re- really get to see him fight. Well, hell, in live action, he only fights, what, the uh, Kenobi, mostly. He fights Kenobi, and then Kenobi... He doesn't even really fight Kenobi and Anakin on the ship in the beginning, because it's, like, crashing and all that shit. Yeah, they just talk shit, and R2 springs the trap, and here we go, but... no, it's great. I mean, I've I talked about chess picks before. He, he's one of my personal favorites because, I mean, it's, it's almost all outdoor photography, all natural lighting, uh, and there's, there's something to say to that. I mean, shooting outside can be tricky especially it depends on the time of the day what's the sun shining like is it overcast i mean it can completely change the lighting of of a shot and um you know chris always does a a great job going out to wherever the fuck he goes to get these these sun-kissed snaps that he produces so definitely um yeah i mean chess picks he's someone in the in the feature folder there's probably like five or six more shots to roll out like like a papa like a sir dork shit like that so yeah so Chess, chess pick 66. Yeah, chess pick 66 on Instagram. Absolutely incredible stuff. Thank you for your tagging and for your work. Next oh, up. Here it is. Here yeah, we go. Here's the one. So you I, made- I had a feeling this would be the one, but the, the and we're talking about Triple P, Papa Palpatine. Uh, this is one of his beat shots that I was kind of pumping up at the uh, start of the show. So if you haven't listened to the whole show, shame on you. Rewind this motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, but th- th- this shit's nuts. Like, we-, we have to go to his account just to see these setups. All right. But let's first appreciate the scene here. Yes. So at uh, Papa Palpatine Photography underscores between right. each word. So what we see is a, is a, a squadron of stormtroopers. Walking through the sand, they're all weathered, fully sand, like full of sand all over their, oh, yeah. their outfits. And then in the background is the huge fat at walking alongside of them, kicking up dust along the way. It's and, just, it's just yeah. titties, man. I mean, I, I can tell you right now, I don't know how windy it was down where Papa was at. But sometimes when you, when you get out on a beach, right, you're, you're essentially at sea level. There's no trees. Even a light breeze can get troublesome for setting up these little plastic cocksuckers right 
Uh, I, I guess let's, let's pull up his account. So if you're on the live stream, we're going to check this out. If not, pull up uh, our Instagram page and look at this stuff. But I'm pulling up his account. We're going to look at some of the, the, the BTS here. It doesn't even look like he's using placement wires for all the troops. So he had to stage every one of those motherfuckers, dip their feet in the sand a little bit so you do get some sort of yeah. grip. But that ensure that a big gust of beach wind wasn't going to come through <laughs> and shit all over this fucking shot. Because I can tell you right now, staging the troops the way he has, that, that's not easy. You got to individually pose each one so they look somewhat natural. You got to line them up next to each other so they look like they are in some sort of formation and not just aimlessly walking through this desert. And like I said, you got you to fucking pray that you get the shot off before Mother Nature comes in and, and sticks a hot poker up your ass. So, I, I mean, look at this. And I, I believe this that's probably a 118 scale at-at. So that's why he has it uh, much further behind them. That's kind of that forced perspective stuff. Yep. Uh, but just look at that setup. Look, there's the people out there on the beach with their beach. That'd be me. Yeah, so you like, can there's see the me beach under little... Yeah, yeah I, I'm under the umbrella right now having a beer and Papa's out here making art. So. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like you mentioned, there's another shot up there that we featured as well oh, dude, of the, the Death right Troopers. Here. And I almost, I opened up both of them because like I, when I go through, I just open up a bunch of shots that I like and then pare down. And I was like, oh, these are both Papa. So I can't, ha I can't feature them twice. So I, I ended up going with the uh, the ad at because I do like the force perspective. I do like the scale difference between right. the, the the characters and in the frame. And then also, like you mentioned, just like the setup required to get these little fuckers to stand properly. Yes, like in some without sort of the wind blowing them over. Just I have his death trooper shot pulled up now on his page at at a uh, Papa Palpatine photography. Look, he's got that custom one. He's got like the ghost from COD. He's yep. got the ghost paint on the guy. And even this one, I mean, just, I'm telling you, staging that many troopers is dicey as fuck. Because this is where you get into that whole dominoes shit that we all deal with. Yeah. Like, like if you look at this trooper shot on his page, one of those dickheads in the back decides to tip over. See you later. <laughs> and then that, that could fuck everything up because he's got his lights placed where he wants them. He's got the figures placed exactly where he wants them for his framing. So if one of those dickheads falls over and knocks the other ones over, and this happens to me a lot, it, it, it's almost enough where you're like, you know what? Fuck this shot. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Like you're sitting there talking to every one of them and you're just like, I'm not even going to do it. And then that's why I end up with just basic portraits. So there you go. <laughs> so Papa clearly has more patience than me, but oh, yeah. uh, just fantastic, just creativity to... to cook these things up and then get out there on the beach and do it. Yeah. On your vacation. So at Papa underscore Palpatine underscore photography, absolutely incredible work here on vacation in the sand, really taking advantage of that outdoor environment. So well, oh, yeah. Done, yeah. So. And he, he's a uh, Papa's watching the stream right now. He's been kind of chiming in. He said, yep. Uh, the death troopers did all fell and he was very close to walking away. But again, he's got the, uh, cojones, as we say, to finish it off. He's got a little bit more of the Zen Jedi in him than you do. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I would, I mean, people would have been like, this guy is fucking nuts. He should be in a straight jacket. You, like you would have punted the fucking figures so far. Oh, every, I, I would have started taking those death troopers and just winging them towards the ocean. Like, <laughs> like fucking pieces of rocks or, or just throwing rocks into a pond. Fuck there those you things. go. There you go. But so. yeah, yeah. I mean, just, just epic stuff from, from Papa. Hey, we got, um, uh, 
uh, one of our favorite Lego photographers joined up. Oh three oh oh seven nine eight R, I believe Ray. Yeah, Ray's in Ray's here. In That's here. a first time. Welcome. I know that you're you have a different time schedule than us, so thank you for joining yeah, in. Four, four AM he's checking us out. Thank Ooh. you, Ray. Appreciate wow. it. Yes, Kill Cutter joined in. This is how this is supposed to happen, my friends. You do the features, you get featured, then you come listen to two dumb asses talk about it. So here we go. Yeah, Kill Cutter. Uh, that's our buddy at Papa, probably one of the most featured on the Star Wars Time yeah, show. He's, he's and up it's, there as well. It's, it's, it's for a reason, so yeah. check him out. So next up is uh, a new feature. So last week was actually all, every top five member was a new feature. This week, we have a couple new, a couple old. And this one here is a new one, at figure underscore lensman on Instagram. And he's got a really dope-ass mashup yeah. shot. Uh, I, Nick, I almost went with this one for my my plus one. Your plus but one. <laughs> Kill Cutter dropped that gem on me on Monday, I believe, and I, I couldn't pass it up. But th- this one caught my eyes. Yeah. So what we see is Superman uh, completely chained up with kryptonite, you know, <laughs> binding. So you see like these kryptonite uh, handcuffs on him, and he's being flanked by two Sith troopers as they're walking through. What you, looks you like you notice their guns, Nick? Yeah, they're green guns. They're, there's yeah, they, kryptonite they, they, ammo got, in there. Kryptonite rounds in those motherfuckers. Yeah, so and they're walking through some sort of first order, um, you know, facility, bringing Superman to his, you know, his <laughs> his cell or wherever he's being held. I thought that this was such a fucking cool idea. Yeah. Perfect execution of this. And just the, like the little details, like we were calling out, like making sure to have like green ammunition in the guns, making sure to have the bindings. I I mean, Nick, I'll I'll be a hundred percent honest. I didn't even notice that shit until right now when you said it, (laughs) but that, that is, that is excellence in details from figure lensman. I mean, I, I just like you, I, I like crossovers. I think they're kind of fun. We, mm-hmm. we see a lot of times some, some Marvel and Star Wars, um, Papa. I, I, I just haven't shared it because I, I share so much stuff. I got to sometimes scale his, you know, temper his shots, but he's got a great one. I want to share Vader fighting Thanos. Oh, okay. uh, they're fun, but I mean, I, I'm a Superman Homer day one. I mean, Superman's up there with my, my Star Wars love in particular, 78 Superman, Christopher Reeves. That is, that's my guy. Uh, but I, I I still feel like it works here because Superman he he's kind of in his actual armor armor. Yep. He's not just wearing his his jumpsuit. Uh, you could argue, yeah, is this the squirrely Superman who who got a little evil? Either way, it just it feels like it fits. Like, yeah. Like like I I could see this happening. Like you wouldn't be surprised if you saw Superman fly through. Uh, a space battle between the rebellion and the empire because right. and, and, and yeah and the sith wanted to capture him because he's you know probably a good guy so yeah so i i thought i, it was I just really... like it i mean it's it cool cool crossover uh, the colors really work well you know the, the red sith troopers and, and superman's outfit mm-hmm. yeah uh, it looks like a like a digirama type of shot but yeah. no it was fun it was a fun crossover very very cool so at figure underscore lensman l-e-n-s-m-a-n on instagram uh, really, really well done. All right, so next up we have Rust Belt Collector, which is a uh, a fan of the show, a uh, multiple time top five entry here. And what we see here is a I don't know what phase of Clone Trooper this is, but this is like the Felu- these were the 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 troopers that were on Felucia. Yeah, right? th- this is these these are the last before all hell broke. Yeah, loose. so this is like a Rot's era Clone Trooper yep. running through yep. and an uh, open battlefield. You can see kind of dirt kicking up behind him you can see another one of his 
comrades in the back firing off as well. And it's just a really cool shot that that captures the action of the clone troopers on Felicia. Um, See, Nick, I can't tell if these are 375 guys or 112, which is just even more credit to Rust Belt Collector. Uh, they don't look familiar. I mean, he he customizes some stuff. So I mean, you can see he he's added some pauldrons. This guy, maybe some imagery or some symbols on there. I don't know, Russ Bell, if you're listening. Oh, it's, sometimes it, I he, think it is because if you look at his hashtags, you see save three seven five. And then right? No, one, I, I know he's a big. Scale. He he does both lines. I mean, okay. I, I'm I'm kind of one twelve, and now the expensive shit for people that want to blow all their money as fast as possible. Where Russ Bell does a lot of small scale and just 112. So yeah. I'm going to go with these are the 118 scale, which is the Star Wars 375. But like I said, that's that's what makes the shot even more impressive. Yeah. I'd also like how Russ, but if you go to his original captain, like he comes up with stories for his yeah, shots. Yeah, yeah. Like, storytelling. He's been doing some fun uh, unboxing videos on his stories too. Let's just say he subscribes to my uh, mantra these days with boxes toss them he, yeah he, te- he he teaches you how to open boxes properly now it's kind of fun <laughs> there you go uh so at rust belt collector on instagram he's a fantastic follow one of the one of the really top-notch photographers out there um so give him a follow next up the final one of the top five there he is oh it pains me to say it with every fiber of my being that we have <laughs> At Star Wars Black Series Yay! 2019 Yay! in the top five. Yay, Greggy. With a, with, a, with a very, very good. It is. It's a good shot. Heavy Mando. Uh, you know, Heavy Mando taking off with his jetpack, shooting his big ass heavy gun down at whatever's down there, whether he's fighting against the, the detractors uh, of, the, of the, uh, the Bounty Hunters Guild on Navarro at the end of C- uh, episode three of The Mandalorian, or he's fighting somebody else, but you see him flying up there, shooting down an excellent explosion in the background with the Boca, bright, bright Boca. And, and you like gotta Greg's remember, you gotta for. remember, Greg can only use sparklers down there. Yeah, he so doesn't have I, exploding things in Australia. It's, um, to me, as someone that, that has used explosives to kind of get this the, the Boca and particles, it, it is impressive that he gets th- this amount of blast out of sparklers. And that's because a motherfucker literally creates logs of them <laughs> and then lights them on fire with w- whatever type of uh, petrol they got down there. But no, it's a good one. It's definitely one of Greg's better shots. I mean, as as anyone does in this hobby, the more you do it, uh, the better things get. I mean, I, I look at some of the stuff I was putting out in, in 15, 16. It's like, fuck, who the fuck was I kidding? Like, <laughs> did I have balls to even share this shit? So uh, little, little Greggy boys growing up. This is yeah. definitely a great shot. Nice little pose here. Yeah. I like how uh, he got the muzzle flash on the, on the gun as well with a yep. little bit of a JJ Abrams lens flare there. So. There you go. There you go. Um, so yeah, very good shot here by Greg. I really like the, the use of the bokeh and how it came out and then just the, cause it does, it looks like a scene that we could have seen at the end of season or episode three of, of Mando when all of the, the Mandalorians come oh, yeah, Greg, against the bounty hunters. Greg right? wants me to break this shot down. Like we've promised we're going to start doing that segment. I, I, I'm going to save that Greg. This is a good shot, but, but we'll officially kick that segment off. Yeah, what this I'm talking isn't about the Matt breakdown. Okay. No, this no, is, uh, this is we the top stay on our five, schedule. Greg. 
We got to stay on our schedule. You cannot get more than what we what we <laughs> call for. Okay, this is the top right. five. We're not just gonna, take the praise. Just take the praise, we're motherfucker. We're not going to fondle I'll, your balls shit any more than the, we have to. Yeah, I'll shit on another shot of yours if you want me to. <laughs> so there we go. So that's no. But the what end. I'm talking about is we are going to we're going to be adding a new rotation to the the fan segment mm-hmm. in particular the the ending segment where we talk about you fellow toy photographers and Star Wars artists. Uh, we do the Matt plus one. We do the Matt shit on his own shot. We're going to do Matt break down a fan submitted shot. And we still need to figure out one say, more. So the, we have a full the, on. The fourth one is hard. I've been kicking around a couple ideas. Like I, like at first I thought a, a, an idea would be like a new artist feature, like a, but I feel like that would be hard to do. Like even at a monthly cadence. Right. Um, like find I mean, you, you would artist. have to essentially hunt them down and be like, Hey, blah, blah, blah. This is what we're going to do. And yeah, let's get some shots. So, so we'll, we'll uh, we're still thinking there. on that one, but I, I, I think I'm back now and really I'm in the thick of a new semester. So I'm not going anywhere. I'll probably be dropping the graphic on our IG at star Wars time show, probably before our, our next cast next week to just kind of get the feelers out there, start collecting some submissions for a segment where I, critique a shot i'm yeah. not gonna be a dick just to be a dick i don't know maybe you uh, should. <laughs> but but i'm gonna i'm gonna break it down kind of like how i do with my own i'll get very critical tell you what's terrible what works if anything this that and the other so there we go there we go so that's the end <laughs> of my top five so this is a matt top one week so matt that's right it's your top one do 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 it is kill cutter the master of photoshop and it's uh, one of his most recent shots he did of Kit Fisto underneath the water uh, after he just slayed some sort of underwater beast. And I don't know, man, th- this shot just pops like a motherfucker. Like the there's so many different shades of green. And sometimes when you're using the same shade of color over and over, it could kind of drown out a shot. But because it's Kit and the way Killcutter lights this stuff and post and whatnot it's perfect like this is to me this is one of the definitive kit fisto black series shots we've seen in the star wars time show tag uh i i just I, and kill cutter he's someone you got to go look at his account because he does detailed photoshop breakdown videos as well and you really get to see where this guy starts and how he ends up with something. I guess we should go look at the one for Kit while we're talking about it. But Nick, I mean, just just look at all the little nuanced stuff in there. Uh, adding the bubbles yep. around where he would be either kicking his legs or his was, arms yeah, or like around, around his, his, his mouth. Yeah. Uh, the lightsaber itself is is almost you know bubbling or, or boiling the water. Mm-hmm. The reflections on yeah, like the, the, the shadow reflections on himself of like exactly. the light and everything. Exactly. Yeah, and then. Uh, even as little as like you, you may not even be able to see this in the full blown out shot, but like there's like green blood coming from the neck of the creature that he like yep. cut or steam. It almost looks like like steam rising from the cut. Um, yeah, I mean the the work that he put into this and the like you said the the, the level of detail down to the smallest detail is oh, just yeah. so impressive. Here, I, I, I'm not going to play the video because I'm still weary of that shit blowing stuff up. But he 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 always lists the details. Um, so this shot here, 115 Photoshop layers. Oh wow! L- like right, th- I think the most layers I've ever had in the shot, and I still don't use Photoshop is eight, <laughs> six, 115. 
took two hours, two hours and twenty six minutes, and in the, the file itself, the Photoshop raw file, almost three gigs. That is insane. three gigs of pure quality. I mean, think about the the, the resolution and the excellence there. Holy uh, shit, man! And then, like, if you just scroll through his feed, like. He's got a good mix of genres here. You see some like some dinosaur Jurassic Park type type stuff. But if you go, yeah, no, he's a very good compositor. You know, yeah. like uh, kind of taking stuff and shooting it against a just blank backdrop, and then going in and doing the the Photoshop magic. Uh, I'll tell you right here, if you're, if you're looking or following or following along, I'm on his profile. Uh, his latest with uh, Ben and Anakin fighting. That that's in the feature folder too. So yeah, solid, uh, Kill Cutter. He took a little bit of a break for a while, but he's been back and, and back to post and very, very uh, artistic shots. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, by, at Kill Cutter on Instagram. Beautiful work there by Kill Cutter. So that's the end of the top five. That's the end of the top one, and that is the end of this almost three hour long show. Welcome Woo! back, Matt. The welcome back show. I mean. I, I honestly, I didn't think we'd do this either, Nick, but I'm not surprised. Uh, I was feeling kind of shitty before we got on. I, I feel a lot better now. Uh, I don't know. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm dealing with some mental stuff. I talked about it the last time I was on. I'm going next week to get the old throat and neck checked out to see if it's something that I should really be worried about or if I'm just making it worse by thinking about it all the time and not knowing what it is. Uh, but I feel a lot better, man. I always do. Any Anytime we do a Star Wars time show episode, these days in particular, doing the live stream, getting to interact with some of the fandos and assholes that do join into the chat, uh, I, I just, I don't know, I, I feel like the day has been turned around thanks to the Star Wars time show. So thank you, my friends. Thank you, Nick. But now it's time to pay us back. We need your help. We need your fandom. Keep spreading the word. And how can you do that? Well, we need you to go to StarWarsTime.net. This lovely site we're looking at right now if you're watching this episode on YouTube. And why do you need to go here? Well, this is where our lazy asses put up the few bits of content we cover throughout the week and then talk about on the cast. But more importantly, this is probably the easiest location on the interwebs to find all of our platforms. Just go to the subscribe to podcast link at the top if you're on desktop or the hamburger menu if you're on mobile. Trust me, we're everywhere. There is not a podcast platform that we are not on. And if we're not on it, it's because it sucks. Okay? So StarWarsTime.net. Subscribe to podcast. If you do want to get in on the live stuff and kind of see how this shit show plays out in real time, we're going to need you to also subscribe to our YouTube channel. And you can also do that via StarWarsTime.net. Just scroll down a little bit. It is on the sidebar. You don't even have to click subscribe when you get to YouTube. As soon as you click on the button, it'll say, hey, you want to subscribe to these guys? Yes, and you do. And if you are listening on YouTube right now, don't forget to like the video. Like it. Like it. I'm telling you, all this shit seems stupid. But if you know how the internet works, if you know how search engines work, hell, IG itself. These algorithms, these AI routines, they need to see properties getting organic interaction from viewers. YouTube, that's liking, that's commenting, that's sharing, that's subscribing and notifying. Podcasts, that's getting on the platform and leaving a rating or a review. Those of you diehards, if you've already done it, great. Tell someone else to do it. If you're new, we would love for you to get on one of the podcast platforms. Hell, iTunes. Spotify or Pandora, those are the big ones. 
get on there and leave a rating or review. It will help a lot. Because now, if we get a lot of ratings on one of those platforms and someone says, hey, you know what? I feel like listening to a Star Wars podcast. Let me search for Star Wars podcast. And if we have enough of that shit, guess what? We're going to show up one, two, three, or five. And then they will become Fando assholes like the rest of you dedicated acolytes to Team SWTS. Besides, there is always time for Star Wars time. We know that by now. There's always time. And if you listen to the Star Wars time show, the Force will be with you. Always. Mic's off.